time to get geeked up. Time to get geeked up to stand up comics telling you what's up in movies and TV. I know you could feel me. Music and gaming, you know what I'm saying. Comic books and tech, stuff you ain't up on yet. And if you are hooked, we're gonna go and take a closer look. And no show's the same. We always got a different game. Always got a different game. Hey, hey. It's time to get geeked up. What's going on, geeks? Welcome to the Geeks Up Podcast, Life in Coronaville. I'm Devin Barnes, and still with me in Coronaville, always Mr. Social Distance himself, Liam Whalen. Yo, yo, yo. Thanks for tuning in. Right, we're still doing it, baby. (laughs) Six months in now, I think, uh, Corona quarantine time. Yeah, I mean, that's... Exactly. I, we're about five months we're coming up on. Still socially distanced. Devin's still Zooming. So. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it was still snowing when this started. And uh, as of airtime, it will already have been my birthday. So this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, the Devin's birthday episode. So all the geeks, make sure on. to uh, wish Devin a happy birthday out there. Yeah, man. Quite a week. Thank God it wasn't last week. We also had the old, not only has it been... Uh, uh, virus time and quarantine time i also got uh, smacked in the face by the tropical storm that just hit up here and had that's no right. power for like five days so that's I why forgot I about that last week we missed because devin was in blackout mode and not because he was too wasted from the uh, yeah. night before like usually when he's in black <laughs> <laughs> well, we miss a week <laughs> yeah it's, it's a different kind of blackout that led to the uh but yeah you yeah. actually were part of westchester that was missing power and you said for five days right it was uh, starting to go insane, man. It went off on <laughs> Tuesday, and it came back on, like, Saturday morning. By the time I was awake, Saturday. But it was... Uh, okay. You went to bed yeah. on Friday night with it off, woke up Saturday, and it was back on, thankfully? Mm-hmm. Okay, thank was God. Was it hell? Like, I already made the, uh, the decision to get a hotel room on Saturday and be like, dude, there's no power on tomorrow. I'm just a hotel room. <laughs> I can't I fighting because everybody kept telling me to do that. Like, get a hotel room. And I was like... Really just trying to justify it to myself was being like, dude, am I really paying $120 a night to go watch fucking TV? Yeah. Also, I mean, just with the whole coronavirus times and whatnot, I would feel a little uncomfortable in general going, well, 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 teaser alert, we're going to get into the only Airbnb that I would consider staying at shortly. But I would be a little, (laughs) I would be a little uh, concerned staying at a hotel or, you know, outside of my personal bubble that I've created. You know? a hotel, I would feel a little safer with, just because. You yeah, safer like with the they, hotel because they're you they know, are like up to standard with cleaning. I would you sure. couldn't fucking pay me right now to stay. Well, there's only one Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. we'll get right into now. that. But, but uh, generally, like you couldn't pay me to stay in an Airbnb. Right no, for sure. But a rough time bad. just for any change to your normal life routine right now in Coronaville, yeah. you know. But what was it like? Because I was in a blackout. I think maybe for Sandy or a couple years ago, I was blacked out for a couple days. But and it was I, I guess the first night reading by candle side was like a tolerable experience. Uh, uh, exactly. To- <laughs> the first night's always fun. It's like oh, we'll play some games, we'll drink. It'll be uh, yeah, yeah. no big deal. It's fun. It's nice to not have the power, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, nice to do this, and then by like it became one of those things, like almost like a. Uh, like sci-fi movie or horror movie is that it was beginning to fear the night because at least during the day, like 
I could sit outside and read and like kind of have function. But like at nighttime, <laughs> you're just sitting in the dark. And like, you can do. You can sit outside in the day and read. By the way, uh, to three sixty-five, pretty much. We don't need to wait that for a blackout to that one. However, yeah, you do. <laughs> but yeah, no, at nighttime, and then now, how prepared were you actually as well? Because we haven't even gotten into this. But did you like? Did you uh, buy the hype that the storm is coming and buy candles and battery powered shit? Not, not in the least. Do you have a like, flashlight ready and all? Because for I my blackout like, a couple years ago, I, I, like, I at least went to the store the day before and got fucking batteries for my stereo and fucking, you know, flashlights and candles and all that shit. No, dude. It was one of those things, too, that, like, even earlier in the afternoon, I was bitching. I was like, hey, this must be a tropical storm. I want to see some rain and wind. And then when it hit, I was just like, all right, it's what it is. Like, it didn't look that bad. I don't know if it's the Florida in me who's, like, gone to hurricane parties and, like, sat out in the middle of hurricanes. But I was like, it's just some fucking wind, whatever. And then the power went out, and I was like, all right, well, the power's out. I'm going to take a nap. Guarantee by the time I wake up, it's going to be back on. And then, yeah, five days later, you're fucking about to check into a sunny out. Like, I took a two-hour nap. By the time I woke up, it was, like, blue skies out. And I was like, all right, dude, we're good. And then... It was a little too hot and realized the power ain't coming back on. And then, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. going on your phone and looking, like, FPL was like, we got fucked. Yeah. No, and right off the bat, they said it was going to be a couple days where my parents are at yeah. in Jersey. It was the same thing where there was, like, they were uh, with power, but, like, they had people right in their neighborhood that were, like, out for five days. And they, like, told them straight up. They're like, yeah, maybe by Sunday it'll be back on, but don't, like, Building- don't be holding your breath for the weekend. The building right to the left of me and right in front of me powered the whole time. Oh, wow. So I'm literally it's looking at, like, lit up buildings, and it's like, this fucking sucks so bad. Assholes in lit up buildings that are outside reading just because they're douchebags. I did have – only thing was is I did have, like, a really powerful flashlight. So, like, at nighttime, like, there's down the street where it was, like, pitch black, and I would sit in the roof, and, like, you could gleam down. You could, like, light the sidewalk up. It was, like, one of those, like – late okay, night wow. like infomercial super high beam and i would like wait for people <laughs> did to, you like, get drunk walk. and buy it from a late night infomercial or no i just <laughs> got the craziest one at target but i would wait for people to walk and like light them up from my roof like while they're like, going down the dark part and let them get a few steps and just like kill the light and just, like, <laughs> watch them look around and, like, lull them into comfortability like, with that light <laughs> yeah, yeah. i guess you gotta find your own uh, fun in the in the in the blackout in coronaville but absolutely but so you've really it been through hell. the thick of it, though, like we said, in Coronaville. We started off five months ago with you being in ground zero of the old Coronaville. Literally, Coronaville, as a, as a joke term, started in that neighborhood up in, the, up in Yonkers right. Bayou. And then uh, uh, since then, you've now gone through a blackout, yet you still haven't shaved, which is really the most important part of the experience. Correct. You still have the big <laughs> Corona beard, which is really all that matters. That's right. I've never said on air before, but I always said, like, if anyone ever asked me, like, what would you do if you won the lottery? My answer was always, like, grow a big bushy beard. And uh, (laughs) truth to word. That's about the extent of your dreams. I mean, a man's got a dream, you know. uh... Yeah. Uh, In reason, too. Yeah, keep it attainable, you know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm going for a Letterman or a uh, Randy Quaid. All right, nice. Yeah, I'd say you're closer to Randy Quaid. Letterman really was committed. He was like, he's he spent like a good two years working on that fucking thing. Yeah, he saw by this the, thing. By coming. the time he popped out, us. it was insane. He literally but looked like enough. his character from Cabin Boy. Boy, I think had a beard. I'm not sure. He could have had a big sailor beard. But... 
he might have actually. I think Letterman's character did, yeah. But um, enough. I don't remember Letterman. Wait, yeah, it's right. Letterman. He had like a cameo on the boat in uh, a crazy sailor demon. No cabin boy. That's a movie that needs to be remade with Elliot's daughter. I've said it. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. But oh, Chris Elliot. Oh, and have Abby Elliot do it. Yeah, Adam girl. <laughs> <laughs> have her remake all of his movies. We can do uh, something about Larry. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. We can put that in the Roots Crew production uh, production <laughs> yeah. team. Dude, that's not the worst idea for a podcast. Just have Abby Elliott just script read all of her dad's old hilarious uh, <laughs> roles in the movie. <laughs> Anywho, we are getting way off topic here. Or maybe not even But are topic. we? I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, before we go any further than this, of course, remember to listen back to uh, the last episodes of the Geeked Up podcast we did. Check out our Comic-Con special, of course, that uh, we covered. Uh, all of our favorite things that came out of Comic-Con this year. Also, remember to listen back to our other podcast, Netflix and Chat, where we just watched The Old Guard with special guest Mike Manzi. Our yes, Charles sir. Big shout out to Mans, cageclub.me online. Uh, make sure to, uh, to give... Promote too early, but uh, keep an ear to the ground. It's not like me to promote other podcasts, but maybe uh, keep an ear out for the geeked up boys on the old... Uh, All I'm going to say, freshen yourself up with the first three Terminators. Enough said, okay? <laughs> it's enough said. It's all... We don't want to uh, give anything away, but make sure you've seen the first three Terminators. You know, we're getting a lot of offers now ever since our big uh, timing uh, quote. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Everybody wants a trailer quote from the Greek, from the geeked up boys uh, about that's now. Right. After timing and his put on name. But yeah, as well, big shout out to uh, Mans. And yeah. uh, as well, a big shout out to uh, everybody for who keeps checking out Mans, as well as uh, uh, some nine or ten other guests that appeared on our five year special. Because that's uh, continued to get a lot of listens. And every week, the uh, five year special keeps on getting more and sure. more people checking it out. So definitely, uh, uh, we'll keep that, you know, on our SoundCloud profile. And uh, remind everybody to check that out if you haven't. But people have definitely been enjoying that. So there's some uh, in addition some to everything else on going on as well. Don't forget yeah. about our YouTube page, Geeked Pods. Geeked Pods. We're uh, slowly showing our face on Twitter. Always on Facebook. We can catch all of our stuff. Um, 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 not Instagram yet, but. Uh, and of course, big thanks to everyone that was joining us in our old Zoom parties. Big shout out to everyone that joined us for our first trivia que- uh, trivia contest. Big congrats to the uh, controversial first winner, Ross. Who, uh... More controversy with Ross. Controversy <laughs> seems to follow him, whether it's burger eating contests or a right. Slim Shady judging or trivia night Zooms. Correct. That, uh, <laughs> that trivia night faux pas might have been my fault. I... Uh... Yes. Half the people found my answer, and the other half didn't, which was a very strange thing. I guess, how so, about we do for a geeked-up audience, uh, a geeked-up trivia question, and we'll determine by email, but uh, uh, we want your emails, movie with most curse words, and we'll see who is right, Devin or, uh, or Ross, because I guess that was and basically... To just give everybody a quick catch-up for the uh, trivia night. But ended on the final bonus question with a little confusion where Devin asked the movie with the most curses. He had it pinned to what? Wolf of Wall Street? 
Correct. Which was like the like the like the actual movie with most Correct. curses. This is some like crazy. It was literally called like 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 Tommy like learns to curse or something like that. Yeah, and it was exactly. some like indie. It was like the cursing movie. <laughs> exactly. Although I did rule that like wasn't like Tom Green or Carrot Top. Somebody hilarious was in a cameo, so I ruled that it was like a solid <laughs> enough were... movie. If, if Carrot Top's in it, I'm counting it. And I think Ross made the point too. He was like, "Dude, it's called the look it up on the internet question." This is what came up on the internet. I was like, "I can't argue that." Much. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, different Google searches turn out different uh different results so yeah i think it was google versus bing so screw you all you bing users out there okay i say it was almost a tie it was almost a showdown it was better than my bonus internet question in which four people got wrong before or three people got wrong before the fourth how do you get an internet question wrong what are you people retarded there's there's a lot of people there's a lot of goofs with their hands up quick i know Uh, it was like a lot of shocks on that one i expected dennis smith to do a lot better with some of the marvel stuff uh i expected a little more out of handy boy but you know yeah, uh, but everybody had a great time, and we're doing it again. I guess we're doing it again. Coming so up when? Uh, coming up next? August twentieth, next Thursday, uh, August twentieth, eight p.m. again. We're doing our first Thirsty Thursday trivia. So uh, okay, show nice. up banged up. Yeah. Uh, so bonus points for the more wasted uh, 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 you you get during said trivia contest, but. That's right. Uh, bullshit, like five point Harry Potter rule by the drunkest guy by the end of the official questions gets five extra bonus points. So, Sean, put your yeah. cards right, buddy. Shizan, this is all you, bro. We finally. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, definitely uh, uh, check out our Facebook page for the code and for the information. But you don't want to miss and another prize up for grabs as Ross walked away with the uh, Star- Mets 2019 Star Wars Night Obi Wan Kenobi. Robbie Cano dressed up as Obi Wan bobblehead, and more great pri- another great prize will be on the line next Thursday, the twentieth, for Geek Sorry, Up Trivia Thirsty Thursday. No elder ones, <laughs> not yet. Anyway, hey, 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 hey! I don't have twenty <laughs> of those things. Um, but I guess with that, we'll uh, start this episode off with um, always the cheery note. Oh, and I guess the email is sent to at the Geeked Up Podcast at gmail.com with the movie you think uh, has the most curse words in it. Yes, that's the Geeked Up Podcast. I guess you can uh, earn yourself a uh, a, a bon- uh, earn yourself a bonus point to next week's trivia contest if you email the correct answer to uh, the you. Geeked Up Podcast. But um, well, I guess with that, to get into this episode, though, it's always started off on a uh, a bummer note, like we always do with the R.I.P. <laughs> and uh, we got quite the list for you this time because, like I said, we did miss a week with uh, the power being out. But uh, yes, who didn't take a week off was the goddamn Grim Reaper. <laughs> I know, uh, for real, the most packed, uh, so, the most packed R.I.P. segment probably in geeked up history. To be honest, I was going to say we've got the uh, geeked up mass grave going on. This <laughs> <episode>. <laughs> and again, as is kind of the theme, non-Corona related deaths here in Coronaville as well, as it was just a tough, uh, a tough, you know, couple of weeks. 
here in yeah. uh, the Corona Bill for the RIPs. I guess I'll kick it off as I uh, have been taking the lead since since Devin's on Zoom and prone to blackouts up in uh, up in Corona Bill up there. Might who knows when his power goes off and on. So so I'll uh, kind of lead the uh, funeral processions here for our RIP segment. But uh, uh, I guess a couple of big. I guess probably the biggest headliner I would say would probably be Regis. I'd say yeah. just starting off, uh, starting off huge with Regis. I mean, daytime Crazy. talk show icon, of course, in later years with uh, uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire yeah. and uh, just, a, you know, really a pop culture, you know, icon, like I said, in a lot of ways. Just song because he was in one of the uh, uh, the promos for the Jimmy Kimmel Who Wants to Be a Millionaire like reboot. Okay, I see. And I was like, oh, Regis. I think it was one of those things, too. I was like, look at Regis. You know, he's not looking great, but he's still out there, like, screaming at people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And not too long later. Uh, um, for me, as well, as a big Notre Dame football fan. He's always been, like, a huge, you know, crossover sports uh, pop culture figure as, like, a huge Notre Dame fan and, you know, cheerleader and literally a cheerleader as he was, like, a male cheerleader for Notre Dame football in, like, the 30s or whatever when he Which went to like college. Which, like, so much, dude. I, I, like, if you told me he was a football player, I'd been like, was he, Rudy? Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but, like, the male cheerleader thing, like, I can just see him with that big hand, like, ah! <laughs> yeah. You know, it just makes so much sense. I would for say, sure. too... Kind of like you're saying as a sports fan, I would also say kind of like a Letterman fan. He was always like okay, a yeah, huge definitely. hit on like when Letterman was on. Like Letterman was always you know busting his balls. It was a very good. Back I mean, they, they, obviously, where I learned about the whole Notre Dame cheerleading thing was through Letterman as a kid. <laughs> yeah, but you're right; he was definitely a Letterman favorite. And, uh, mm. you know, just like we said, kind of like a, a late night, even though he's a daytime TV guy, just like like he was just a, a presence in entertainment for the last, for our entire lives. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess a big RIP to Regis there. Uh, I guess a couple from uh, from the jamming world as we got a couple in the music world. But uh, I guess we'll start off with Malik B, founding member of The Roots. Mm-hmm. All right, who uh, uh, I guess the Roots as a band have really found like you know real mainstream popularity over the recent years with the Jimmy Fallon thing, as we were just discussing mm-hmm. with Trey. However, Malik B not really part of that, as he was like a lyricist and left the Roots pretty much like after their uh, in the early two thousands, after they kind of like really got mainstream famous, and then as a mm-hmm. band they kind of like got a little bit more instrumental. We're on the whole like Jay Z tour and all of that shit but the uh, uh founding member and one of the real like lyricists for the roots was uh, malik b dude it's funny because obviously he didn't pass from covid but just speaking of the roots on fallon too i was saying this the other day because uh fallon's back in studio and you know the roots are there too and i was just like yo fallon's a dick like making the roots come to work because like they're not wearing masks. It's not like they all fucking live together. Yeah. Like, who knows, like, who's bringing what to the studio? It's like, <laughs> like, if the Roots all had one big Roots house, like, one big Roots, roots yeah, yeah. fine. No problem with it. But, like, what are you doing? They lived like, like the Roots crew that we like to imagine. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. some okay. interesting thing about his death, though, in terms of Corona, uh, we don't really know if he died of Corona because they have not released 
the terms around his death yet. And at this point, it's been like a week or two, but they have not uh, uh, disclosed how he died. So you don't think it's necessarily, you know, if it was like a, something criminal oriented or, you know, uh, uh, a titillating like that, I'm sure the news would have picked it up or something by now. So don't really expect it to be something like that necessarily. If it was COVID, you know, you'd imagine people would have heard. So, but a little interesting yeah. and kind of weird, you know. That's how I want to go in secret. Yeah, no, for real, definitely. But uh, I guess another. Uh, I guess uh, so. Another one, however, from the uh, from the music world, and I guess similar to Malik B in uh, uh, kind of where he was one of the founding members of a band, but then not necessarily part of them when they were like super huge. But Peter Green, okay, who's the uh, uh, guitarist and founding member for. Fleetwood Mac, okay. Yeah. Now, Fleetwood Mac, of course, one of the all-time, you know, famous bands from Rumors and Stevie Nicks and all. However, he was out of – he was pre-Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham in the band. He was in, like, the first wow, okay. era of, uh, of Fleetwood Mac and then kind of went crazy. And who knows if it was, like, a too much acid situation, but, like, by the mid-70s had, like, schizophrenia and was put in, like, like locked up in loony bins and shit in England and then ended up getting out and having, like, a second kind of career in music but really kind of thought of as, like, a, a Eric Clapton-era English blues you know, whole scene, like sure, real sure, powerhouse yeah. guitarist in the late 60s when Fleetwood Mac was formed. But by 77, when Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks, you know, put out rumors anyway, I'm not sure when they joined, he was not part of that whole era of Fleetwood Mac. However, friends with Mick Fleetwood from childhood. but So kind of like Malik B there and definitely like a real music, like I said, uh, a super influential blues guitarist and a real, you know, founding member of a famous band uh, and all. So a real, you know, had a real great respect and place in, his, in music history for Peter, uh, Peter Green of Fleetwood Mac. All right. Uh, and then I guess we got a couple more that are more like geeked up, kind of oriented. I'm going to give one, and then uh, I'm definitely going to let Devin take the reins on the on the big heavy hitter. But the uh, oh, yeah. uh, a couple from the, from the geeked up world, but uh, we always run down the hilarious deaths. Uh, I'm sorry. We always run down <laughs> the, uh, the deaths of hilarious Seinfeld ca- uh, character cast members. But uh, uh, Rennie Santoni, who is better known as Poppy, who could get a little sloppy, but Poppy has passed away, okay? And a real famous Seinfeld, you know, uh, uh, I wouldn't say, I guess reoccurring, but, you know, a classic episode and a classic character. Yeah, definitely a memorable. Poppy was, uh, because let's remember, you won the Seinfeld contest. Poppy was not washing his hands, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. And then okay. he, uh, the, the Jerry wouldn't eat the the pizza that he made, and the girlfriend broke up with him and all. It was, uh, Poppy's <laughs> getting a little sloppy. Uh, uh, so Poppy showed up. And then another big one for us here on the Geek Dab Show. But big news for Kamala. And I guess not that Kamala, as we'll get into in a minute. But there's another Kamala. I guess now there's a new Kamala in town, but uh, at first... There was Kamala, who was one of the all-time great 
like over the top uh, 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 by 2020 standards completely racist and inappropriate but like in the 80s era of wrestling where there was a lot of just like cultural stereotype kind of kind of characters this guy was literally like a belly slapping like African indigenous person of the planet and had like shit painted on his face and didn't like he he was like an uncivilized human that didn't speak and would come hooting and hollering uh... wearing like a skirt like a grass skirt if i remember correctly and i'm gonna try to word this right kamala's come up before when now this is years ago maybe even four years ago when we were talking about the uh, hulk hogan leaked sex tape where he was <laughs> yeah, talking yeah. about for better words all the different uh let's say wrestlers he wouldn't want his daughter <laughs> okay, to yes <laughs> exactly <laughs> kamala definitely kamala probably top of the list in that uh <laughs> In that scale of uh, great call, yeah, of wrestlers again, that the Hulkster would not wrestlers. be wanting his daughter to be dating, <laughs> but no Coco Bewares, definitely no Kamalas, who yeah, yeah. was, yeah. uh, but really, and there was others like Nikolai Volkov. There's always like evil Asian guys that are like sneaky Asian stereotypes, but that was huge <laughs> in the '80s and early '90s. Were like like cultural, like a uh, bad guys wrestlers would just be like the horrible stereotypes from cultures. So and Kamala was one of the all-time looking back like one of the all-time most ridiculous yeah. crazy I characters. Him. I know him like I said from uh talking about him before on the show and then the meme I keep getting shared with by Liam in the different <laughs> group chats that I'm in. <laughs> That's true. And definitely uh, consult our Facebook, consult our Twitter page yeah. for a hilarious uh, Kamala meme. <laughs> But Google Kamala if you don't know. I know I know this stupid lady from California might come up, but do a little <laughs> digging and you'll find the real Kamala in town. But uh, I'll put it on the the Facebook page in mere seconds here. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess uh, And then I guess we'll uh, we got one more real heavy hitter cuz we were just talking about him on last episode. Literally. Last episode were we talking about him on the netflix and chat or was it geeked i think up? it was our last geeked up episode pro- uh, well yeah it was okay. our last celebrity encounters when we correct. were doing our close look at celebrity encounters correct yeah, correct yeah man we just brought him up he used to be uh the one two caller at the old fort myers naples dog track in Bonita <laughs> beach but uh big r.i.p to uh my old poker partner wilford brimley Devin's uh, old poker buddy, as well as star yeah. of like Hard Target and like another uh, great movie from like the thing, Quaker Oats commercials, diabetes commercials, Cocoon. I guess uh, the diabetes commercials faces. would probably be his most famous. I'd probably I think Quaker Oats probably would be his. Uh, that was big in like the eighties, nineties. He was like the spokesman for Quaker Oats. Yeah. No, definitely. That was definitely probably like what put the most bread in his pocket. But I'd say, uh, especially in recent years, the whole just the way that he said diabetes has become like such a popular crazy thing that it's definitely become a pop culture thing. It's like the way he yells at you to take your insulin. Have you ever heard of that? uh, That like diabetes, that Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, diabetes, diabetes (laughs) parody song instead of Dr. Zayas. (laughs) So. There's something crazy, too, I wanted to point out, dude, that uh, uh, Wilfred Brimley was 85 years old and, like, looked like an old guy. I was surprised to see he was only 85. Regis was 88. Yeah. Regis, Regis was older than Wilfred. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, uh, both of them, though, 85, 88, as well as Rennie Santoni, uh, uh, 81. 
So a lot of uh... for sure. I guess my point in that though is that Wilfred Brimley. Well, yeah, because there's been a lot of old people that have been passing. You know, it doesn't make it any less dramatic. But Wilfred Brimley has been an old guy since the fucking Quaker Oats commercial true, in yeah. like the eighties and nineties. You know, that's what a I great mean? call. Like, so he was he was like 55 back then. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yes. he looked terrible. Exactly, dude. <laughs> He's a great looking 85 year old, horrible at 50. <laughs> yeah, seriously, really aged well, I guess. When uh, he youthed, yeah, he... fucking horribly wrong, but. But I guess just to catch everybody up, if you missed it from last episode, uh, uh, Devin's old poker buddy from the most hilarious place on earth. You want to give us everybody the rundown again, just real quick in case they missed uh, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to uh, obviously live in southwest Florida, and there was a dog track that had a poker room uh, (laughs) there, and it was called the Naples Fort Myers Dog Track. It's no longer there anymore because they uh, outlawed greyhound racing in Florida. Stupid animal rights. Yes, but you know, it killed the hashtag Tiger King. Well, there's a lot of things about that too. It killed the poker room. There was also like on the Indian grounds in Immokalee, like a real casino that opened like 45 minutes up the road. Okay, so they definitely like pumped mad money into that campaign of making a jog greyhounds illegal so everyone would have to come to their bastards. uh, Yeah, they fucking played it right. But he used to show up there and play the one two tables that you would sit there and there'd be Wolfram Brimley like. Looking at a central casting, Wilford Brimley, fucking eating oatmeal, shooting insulin, and <laughs> calling every goddamn hand on the one to uh, no limit. You couldn't fucking, you couldn't bluff old Wilford Brimley because he so, was calling. When the uh, casinos, when I feel safe enough to go to a casino one night in honor of Wilford Brimley, I'll go drop a hundred and call every goddamn hand <laughs> go to the absolute shit dick table at the yeah. cheapest casino that i can find and uh, really throw my money around now would anybody ever like uh, uh you know to ask them hey what was it like on uh the set of cocoon you know like would it ever come up would people not really man he looked like every other old person okay but, I see. Uh, the only reason i knew is some people would come up to him and like talk to him. yeah i mean people would do that uh, every so. once in a while Every once in a while. And, this is, and it's funny, too, because since it is, like, the Southwest, like, old people retiring, he was, like, the VIP there. They'd be like, wait, this way, Mr. Brimley. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, talk about a place to be a VIP at. The uh, Naplesville Dog Track is really where you... I got another funny, hilarious story. Maybe I'll tell you off, Mike, but maybe even put it on the YouTube channel, but I definitely got a... Uh, a deaf guy thrown off a table once. And <laughs> he, he was like a regular there. And I really wasn't like that big of a gambling degenerate, but the guy was speaking fucking sign language. Oh, you've told me about this before. Like yeah. His buddy who would like then like tell him what was going on. And I like fucking put a stop to it. I was like, this is horse shit. <laughs> yeah, no. I was like, dude. I mean, come on. We have to call the. Uh... And they're like, that's Ray and his brother. He comes here all the time. I was like, dude, that guy's not allowed to speak Spanish. This guy's allowed to fucking throw sign language around. <laughs> I know. And then uh, everyone was mad at me. They made I mean, what do you need to hear in poker? It's fucking look at your cards. You're not missing out on anything. Fucking. Yeah. Now, if I was having a good day and winning, would I have said anything? Probably not. <laughs> if that guy didn't old, just uh, come up uh, with, with a queen on the river and really clear me out. but Yeah, was old Ray and his brother really fucking giving me the work? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I mean, is it possible that two idiots in Florida could pull off a Bruce like that? Yes. So, whether this guy's fucking legit or not, it doesn't take away from the fact that he might not be. 
but also too like what a brilliant fucking scam at least like you're playing two-handed you know, like Iron Mace, it's like, don't call you know it's real edward norton from the uh from the score rounders. kind of a, yeah from a prime a real primal fear uh, approach uh, i was thinking more uh rounders you're gonna make an edward norton playing poker reference <laughs> no edward norton acting like a pathetic <laughs> asshole while uh I guess all sorts of Edward Norton roles could yeah, really be applied. Could, really could apply here. Was he ever in a movie with Wilford Brimley? Because he <laughs> <laughs> directed by Stephen Root. Um, so I guess, but I guess that was our... probably the big R.I.P. Though was Wilford Brimley. Yeah, that was the big Kamala you, for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Wilford Brimley for Kamala, you. Wilford Brimley for me. Uh, uh, Regis guess... for the rest of the world. And I guess, really, honestly, speaking of a uh, really old man and someone named Kumala, uh, <laughs> we do uh, kind of like in our Coronaville news, but we're going to take a second here and do a little political news in honor of uh, our political expert, Secret Agent Ronnie. This is Ronnie, the Geeked Up Podcast's political pundit. <laughs> there he is, our uh, political pundit there. Uh... <laughs> Thanks, Ronnie. Uh, <laughs> but uh like i guess it's just worth mentioning on the show because it is kind of news that's going on in corona time but uh joe biden as many predicted just announced that uh, kamala harris is going to be his uh vice president running mate giving and, birth to uh, the hilarious meme about the wrestler and, uh... <laughs> yes yes, yes. <laughs> um so i don't know i guess we'll just kind of been a while since we've dived in the politics world yeah um, we won't get too much into it but uh pretty big news especially with a real big election coming up in november and honestly kind of something we were talking about off air but it was just that really up to this point kind of because of coronaville despite trump being at like a, a fever pitch of you know people's of disapproval of him in some camps or whatnot the whole uh, uh you know election as a whole i mean we're less than three months away we're less than 100 uh, days out and it does not feel like there has been any buzz by now there would have been you know the whole uh, uh convention you know they usually would have been announced at a convention and there would be a lot of momentum and buzz rallying support to hopefully get trump the hell out of office it would be and... everywhere right now there would be trump campaigns everywhere i guess he is actually going out campaigning but you're right like every time you would turn on the tv right now that's all you would see yeah like, so for such an important election and for uh, election that has so much passion on both sides but especially on you know the more side that would be uh, but especially uh, on the side that would, that would be real excited for kamala harris there's just a, a lack of like buzz and energy around joe biden around the well, uh, uh election sure. the democratic it's, it's the same bullshit of just like no one's really excited like everyone's vote is really and i guess you guys kind of know but if you ever listen to this show where liam and i lean on this but like everyone of course i'm gonna vote for biden uh uh liam i'm assuming is just because you know anything to get old trumpster out of office but Dude, I can honestly say, and even me myself, who is from Delaware and was in a goddamn commercial with the guy, I've never met anybody who was like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm like a diehard Biden fan. Like, yeah. love Joe, love Joe Biden, want him to be president. Like, yeah, no, for like, sure. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I guess. 
No, for sure. I mean, he's very just vanilla and whatnot, I guess, in general. But even kind of like more importantly, I haven't even seen him in the last couple of months. Like he's not out there. We're less than 100 ways from election. He's not creating buzz. He's not out there giving speeches. He's not out there rallying support. And I think that the election, people will be very, people could, it's a very scary proposition, like me and Devin said, who want the Trumpster out, obviously. But if the, if you think the election is just going to be one by people that hate Trump, it's a dangerous proposition. You need to get these people that are 50-50 engaged to vote for the other person. You know what I mean? Like you need to convert. There are a lot of people that are totally anti-Trump and are given to vote for whoever runs against them. Mm -hmm. But there are people that could be won over – you know, to, uh, 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 during this time, people that might have voted for Trump last year that maybe just don't vote this year, that even if and they you, don't vote, that vote that turn uh, that could have turned in for Biden or for the Democratic, you know, person. But it's so much stuff, man. It's just that, like, even with the whole coronavirus thing, you at least be like, all right, well, this is not going to work in his favor because he's definitely handled this thing very wrong. He has been wearing masks. He has been making people shut down. He was calling it the flu before anything. Yeah. And then, like, you listen to, like, I personally, like, will listen to a lot of his voters and they'll just be like, he just plays them so well. They're like, well, this coronavirus thing is fake, you sheep. Look at you with your mask on. It's fucking yeah. mind-blowing. I mean, Devin, like uh, like we said, Devin's from uh, from Southwest Florida. So he's got his finger on the pulse of a lot of more yeah, Florida opinions than I do. But, you know, you're right. There's definitely – it's become a political issue. There's obviously – didn't one of the sheriff in Florida just uh, ban masks? There's literally an era yeah. in Florida where somebody banned wearing masks, I guess, because, like, your face is concealed, so the sheriff thought it was not safe. So there's literally no masks allowed in this one place in Florida. That's but- the uh, newest one that I've seen, too. And this one cracks me up, and I guess kind of goes in with the Florida people and, like, all their conspiracies about – look, everyone knows that Epstein ro- uh, ran, like, a crazy, disgusting island. But, like, there's this fake list now of, like, all of the people – that have been there. Spoiler yeah, alert! Like all the Tim lead, Robbins and Susan Sarandon the for some <laughs> yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but one of the things I saw was just like, look, if you're making kids wear masks, you're helping them get kidnapped and like abused because you can't see their scared faces behind their mask. And I was just like. <laughs> what's going on yeah <laughs> like, no i mean that's a good that, that that's a stretch i gotta be honest i love I've a nutty seen, cons- like, i've smoked enough weed to jump on any conspiracy theory that's a stretch that's a stretch yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude i've said that before as someone that like i'm pretty like don't believe in 99 percent of conspiracy theories but damn it if i don't love every one of them and want them all to be true <laughs> i know <laughs> you know but damn it if i'm not willing to listen uh <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah, fuck yeah. Sure. tell me everything about chemtrails <laughs> But, I mean, I guess uh, – uh, uh, so now with the vice president announcement of Kamala Harris, hopefully this will energize – I mean, I can't honestly say that I'm, you know, totally up on her records of voting and all. I mean, I know she's from San Fran, which can be a little bit loony and whatnot. But, you know what I mean? She's as well, I'm sure, very liberal, which is good. But, you know, I, I can't necessarily attest to her voting records and whatnot. However, I'm very excited in the prospects of her rallying – some momentum, you know what I mean, and just some excitement in the party, a woman, you know, she's got a lot of those firsts going for her as well as a See, real political I was figure. Really hoping huh? That uh I was really hoping that old Joey boy was gonna 
really roll the dice, the really uh, the Russian roulette of the American people, and uh, have old Bernie Sanders as his VP. Just because, uh, <laughs> I mean, that would have been great. Either of them sure. are going to make it four years. Yeah, right. Two old white men fucking <laughs> never would have. But I mean, be, then I mean, you're I'm, getting like at least all of the liberal base, all the Bernie Bros. Yeah, you're getting like them back on board. Not like they're not going to vote for uh, uh, for Biden. But, you know, I mean, is like, is your average Floridian Trump fan that's 50-50, is he going to be psyched by Kamala Harris and won over? Potentially not. But as Agent Ronnie, our uh, uh, political pundit, uh, brought up last year, the African-American vote really is going to be super important in a lot of these cities and just like, you know, making sure that they actually get out in proper numbers like they did with Obama and vote, which they did not have the same number, like voter turnout in key cities. So something like that, you know, hopefully if this can rally a lot more females on the right or, you know, people in minority communities to really want to make a statement against Trump. Uh, Kamala has already done a great job in the whole Trump uh, Senate questionings and all. She was uh, uh, did a good job facing him head on. And as well, her uh, like That's her the, presidency uh, campaign had some good buzz. And you know what I mean? Absolutely, was, man. Plus, it means we get more uh, Maya Rudolph on SNL. <laughs> um, great call there. Uh, another thing, too, I saw a lot of the people on the right kind of just poke fun at. They're like, do you not remember what she was saying to Joe Biden uh, during the debates? And I was just like, yeah, but you remember four years ago when Trump was saying to every Republican yeah. during the debate? I mean, have you ever like, watched the fucking uh, a primary Cruz's debate wife, before? Like, fat and ugly, and now he's <laughs> like the biggest Trump supporter in the world. It's amazing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, that's meaningless. But uh, uh, so, I mean, hopefully it Tommy. brings some energy because we'll uh, uh, we'll see what happens next. But I mean, we're uh, like we said, you know, 90 days away or whatever. We're let we're two and a half months away. So it's time to start getting people excited, especially in like a, a election that's going to be an absentee ballot or, you know, a mail in ballot kind yeah, of vote. That. So there's really going to be less excuse. You don't have to go out there to the like uh, uh, you don't have to go to your local uh, elementary school and wait online. You know what I mean? So like everybody should be voting however you know i've got a feeling with a mail-in there could be some more Dude, shit. Who knows? i mean the right again hates the mail-in but uh they should be more excited about it because most people on the left are dopey potheads like me who like you know it already <laughs> took a lot for me to leave my place and especially like a day where i was working to go remember to vote yeah, I, for sure. no way I'm remembering to mail this thing in. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Definitely mailing mine in on on November 10th. Like fuck, dude. I fucking forgot. <laughs> but I guess the other big story though that uh uh because uh, actually I was going to ask real quick does anybody even do a Biden on uh, SNL? Is uh, there They did a re they had uh different actors do it. Woody Harrelson was doing it for a while. Okay. I then... could see that. Somebody else did it, and then they had Jason. Uh, How about Chris Cat Elliott? Before. Get Abby's dad out there. He'd make a perfect well, it Biden. Used to be Jason Sudeikis used to play him when he was uh, okay on the cast when he was the vice when he president. He was vice president, and he's come back. I believe he's came back a couple times. Okay, that's good. But um, I guess because the uh, uh, other, the only person I guess that has raised any uh, uh, political buzz for their presidential campaign, and we haven't talked about it on the show yet, however, I guess falls into geeked up news, 
with all of the <laughs> craziness from Kanye and his whole presidential campaign. Which how do we let this one slide? Because <laughs> let's not remember too, as a man of his word, he announced it four years ago at the goddamn VMAs that yeah. he was going to run for president. We here. talked about it back then, I think. Actually, yeah, I think we did. Kanye and we totally snoozed in a ba- in, in mail-in ballot form. But and unfortunately, as of reporting this, he's a uh, much like me. He's a out of the running now because much like me, he forgot to fill out the paperwork. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, it was a total, total pothead. Uh, yeah. Total pothead. That was due today. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just a lot of craziness from his from his campaign, which of course caused a lot of attention because it's Kanye. However, really negative and crazy and kind of sad and scary to be honest. Especially like his meltdown. Of about Harry, he was out there bashing Harriet Tubman, which, like, a great stance. However, uh, not gonna win you much, much alliance. His like abortion thoughts. Every his his everybody with a baby gets a million dollars. Platform was amazing, <laughs> but yeah, dude. I mean, fucking vote me up, dude. It I was can, fucking uh, nutty as uh, nutty as could had, possibly uh, be. You were only a slave by choice. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, slaves chose to be slaves. I mean, he was like a—he is a Trump fan, and like a like like running as a Republican. And in all honesty, it really is great that he is not going to be on the ballot or whatnot, because it was definitely like a. Uh, here's my conspiracy theory, but definitely like a political tool from Trump and from everybody in the Republican Party to like steer votes in the African American community away from Biden and to Kanye. So I, like. It's great that even, he's not going to be there ciphering any a- a action, but... From what I can tell, I think even the African-American community is sick of Kanye. <laughs> I think the... Uh, I don't know whose votes he was stealing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't want to, like... Uh, not to disrespect running? the African-American community to the point that I think they'd all be flo- out there, you know, flocking out to vote for Kanye. However, I'm sure there would have been a couple... If Dave Chappelle was running, now we're uh, we're in trouble. Well, what about The Rock? I think he hasn't The Rock, as we'll get into him a little bit later. But hasn't he already like teased a political a political run He's, in the future? He said something about it. He also used to play that role on SNL as The Rock Obama, which was uh, <laughs> I don't remember that, that actually. Oh no, it was Barack Obama would get upset because he was so cool, calm, and collected that. During meetings, when he would get so upset and angry, much like the Hulk, he, he would, would turn, turn into, into the Rock, Rock Obama. Obama. That's fucking genius. Yeah, yeah. yeah dude. Come on. <laughs> where's that franchise? Well, uh, where's that <laughs> franchise movie uh, trilogy? But exactly produced by Lord Michaels, baby. But I guess we'll get into uh, the Rock later. But uh, uh, but I guess getting us out of political news, though, and uh, kind of into kind of getting us into the show and doing what we do in Cronaville, but. Just some light Coronaville news, but uh, you can't make our trivia uh, Thirsty Thursday on August 20th. I think I know why, because AMC theaters <laughs> are officially reopening at the old-timey prices of 15 cents. Uh, this news is coming to us, too, from our man on the field, old Eric Helling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big uh, shout-out to uh, uh, Eric with the goatee, who... Uh, yeah, our man on the ground letting us know today, right before even uh, airtime, that uh, breaking us the news that AMC, I don't get this at all. What are they doing? 
I mean, they're opening up 100 out of their 600 uh, uh, theaters across the states. 100 of them are opening, all in Trump country, like we talked about. I think all in Florida, all 100 locations that will open will all be in Florida. But so this is up, uh, you know, left up to local local state government allowance on, you know, uh, indoor capacity and all that kind of stuff. So not across the board, but 100 out of their 600 theaters will be opening up. Do what everybody else is fucking doing, dude. Uh, keep them six feet apart. Open theater. I have no problem with it, but don't sell every seat. You know, yeah, much I mean, like I'm sure that's what they're that. doing. They're definitely coming in under some type of, you know, limited seating uh, uh, in in coherence with whatever the local state laws are, you know. So, but I mean, like that concert in Tennessee that we saw, it's like you can't necessarily trust your local state. Like the asshole that is banning masks in Florida, you can't trust your local state government necessarily. No, that's true. But uh, that's, true. Uh, that's kind of what the AMC is going by. You know what I mean? If they're letting us do it, we're gonna do it. So AMC has been struggling with this the whole time too because they've been making news this whole time of just like in the coronavirus just what to do at first they're like no masks required all right masks required we're gonna open we're not gonna open yeah this is their like third reopening announcement as well because this isn't the first time we've covered like an amc opening announcement but uh uh they have uh halted in states that they've said there's gonna open we're on what we're uh still a week out so who knows what happens between now and the 20th to be perfectly honest yeah, but, they have been all over the goddamn place. And I guess their happening. first new runs of movies as well, as you might be thinking, what's actually, what's even going to be in the theaters. But I guess new movies, uh, the new Mutants will be in the AMC theaters, as well as the new Christopher Nolan movie, Tenant, will be in yeah. uh, uh, the AMC theaters, as well as a lot of class uh, classics, including the 10-year anniversary of the Christopher Nolan classic Inception, which is one of my faves, of course. I don't know. How, how do you feel? Are you an Inception guy? I'm an Inception guy. Uh, what do you think is going on at the end? Is he dreaming, or is, he, uh, is it real life? <laughs> I mean, definitely not real life, I'd say. But Ooh, uh, I think it is. But... Uh, Dude, I mean, so what's up? Tenet's going to win every Oscar this year between uh, uh, the Vietnam Spike Lee joint because only like two movies have come out. <laughs> I know. Like, it's gonna interesting. Go to the They're going to have to uh, uh, put a new Oscars. rules for this year's Oscars or something like that, you know what I mean? And give yeah, yeah, yeah. some movies that didn't make it. But as well, like we said, a lot of the classics, which will be the 15-cent movies, okay? So you're unfortunately, you're not seeing New Mutants for 15 cents, but Empire Straight Backs, Back to the Future, uh, yeah. lots of classics will round out the AMC list of movies since they can't really have, you know, a, a packed slate of uh, movie of you know big uh, of current movies so and then after the uh, uh, 15 cents uh, the classics will still only be five bucks for the foreseeable future so go see Empire for five bucks at your local AMC yeah. and select it, Red States box, let's get it uh, number one in the box office again <laughs> yeah for number real it made it in the midnight showings can we get a yeah uh, but I, on the other hand, I'm not going to these 15 cent or any AMC theater. I, on the other hand, I'm going to take a road trip to Oregon and, uh, like we were saying earlier, rent out the only Airbnb I trust, which is the, uh, <laughs> the last remaining blockbuster, which is in Oregon now, is, uh, turning itself into an Airbnb where you can actually go and stay the night for the weekend. I think it only something like $200 a night. And they literally have like a big, huge TV, like a couch and beds all in this area with like all the dvds and stuff all on the walls the popcorn and the candies and everything <laughs> are, all, are all there man for the that's taking. amazing 
Dude, it's how great idea. They've just knocked down like the uh, they've converted the porn section into like a bedroom with with some beds, so you can There's actually no sleep. goddamn porn. <laughs> oh, that's right, it's blockbuster. We talked about this last time. No porn sections, the but they've the they have uh, assumingly set up like a cot somewhere in this fucking place, so you can no, sleep. Really, in addition to like taking out the middle where like all like the cutouts of fucking like Spider Man could be, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. they fucking put in a big like couch and pull out bed. <laughs> And a big TV in the middle, but like all the rows of movies are still on the shelf. Nice, like you can literally nice. just walk around. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Shit. I mean, that's the whole charm of it is that you're walking around like an abandoned blockbuster, oh, but yeah. there is like a bed and out. stuff in there. You will have a, sh- you will be able to take a shower. I'm assuming. I was like, dude, at some point, if you don't let me, uh, if you don't let me sell uh, half eights out of VHS boxes like I used to do when I worked there. Uh... <laughs> that's right, Devin's old. Uh... Devin's uh, entrepreneurial attitude at this blockbuster, his high school blockbuster gig, but mm-hmm. I mean that's an epic Airbnb though. Definitely Dude, putting that on the bucket list. To uh, this is the kind of thing that that could get more blockbusters back opened. You know what I mean? Like this could be like Dude, a huge chain of like blockbuster B and Bs, like just not Airbnbs, yeah. just do regular like franchise bed and baths. Well, really, the like, this was the only uh, blockbuster that was really left to even, like, cash in on that franchise. Like, it's not like there's any blockbusters around that are, like, kicking themselves in the ass now. Like, why didn't we think of that? Yeah, yeah. Airbnb wasn't a thing when they yeah, all closed yeah. down. How the hell did this last one, like, held out? <laughs> Very progressive, this For sure. But I guess uh, taking this out of uh, Coronaville news and uh, political news, Thanks to uh, our special agent, Ronnie, political expert segment. Uh, let's get us into some uh, geek news, baby. Starting, of course, with a little TV. And uh, I guess the first thing we'll talk about is we're a little late to the game. But again, my bad because the power went out. But uh, I think most people that have watched it have seen it now. But the second season of the Umbrella Academy came out. I mean, I'd still say uh, contemporary enough. I mean, uh, I think we could give a Bradley Cooper announcement even with this one. You know what I mean? Because this is a... a What's up? Yeah, I guess, yeah, you're right. Spoilers, uh, like always. Because, I mean, this is, what, only a couple weeks old, so it's, uh... Correct, man. Some uh, people might have taken a couple... Some people might have not binge-watched. It's one of those things, though, that, like, Netflix still has stayed, like, always true, because in this new, like, everyone's streaming services now, a lot of the networks, like Disney Plus with The Mandalorian, a lot of the Hulu shows, they still release weekly. You know what I mean? Okay, interesting, yes. But they'll still put an episode out once a week. Where Netflix uh, doesn't do that, man. Okay. Like, every, they go a whole series episodes, at a time. Correct. All 10 episodes of season two of the Umbrella Academy came out this season. Interesting. And, uh, you know, I definitely liked it better than the first season, I'll say. Wow. I definitely enjoyed it. And it was one of those things, too, where I wasn't so stoked to watch the second season. I feel like a lot of people I know watched all 10 episodes in, like, the first day. I actually gave it a week and a half. I think I only just finished it maybe, like, three days ago. Okay, so, interesting. Uh, I wasn't stoked to watch, but it. I feel Once like I even in general, it, the second season had a lot more buzz than the first season as in, uh, as well, because a dude, lot honestly, of people were talking about it. It kind of fell off my radar the first season. I don't even really remember, you know, it being a big thing, and now it's you know been kind of unavoidable the popularity of the second season. So interesting that they uh, came through and delivered, you know, a better season. For sure, and it's just one of those things too, where like. I think I like the second season better because it's always like a big complaint of mine and uh, talking to Shizon also says it's a lot, but uh, a big complaint is when there's a show about like a group of superheroes 
And then maybe like only one episode out of 10, you actually see them use their powers. And it's like, what are we doing, dude? Like okay, the other yeah, nine yeah. episodes is just about, because I guess at the core concept, the whole series is about a family of five kids that were adopted as young. Uh, this crazy like mad scientist more or less adopts these five kids who all have superpower, superpowers and raise them as like childhood superheroes. Like they were like a famous team via like the Fantastic Four or something like that. And then they, now they're all grown up. You can kind of see them like all miserable, kind of emo-y. Okay. Just like, oh, we're grown up, like washed up childhood superheroes, <laughs> I guess. would kind of be the very underlying presence. What of happened? Their powers go happen. away or did fame go to they their heads? Really how did it happen? Them. I mean, they're just, they're just grown up. Uh, they were just born with them. It's a whole thing. I don't no, wanna, no, like, but like, how did, like what was the fall from grace? You know, uh, well, we uh, won't get into kids, it, but. One of the kids died. Okay. Right. And then one of the kids, obviously, that got adopted that was supposed to have powers, allegedly played by uh, Ellen Page, Juno, uh, allegedly didn't have powers. That's kind of like the whole big thing in the first season. You find out that she does have, like, crazy powers at the end. Uh, this season was just a lot more fun. They time travel. And I guess the reason it has that kind of weird emo feeling, though, too, is it's worth mentioning that it is based off of the graphic novel of the same name, Umbrella Academy. But the, uh, uh, the comic book is written by Gerald Way, more famously known as the frontman for My Chemical Romance, which okay, was like a huge early two thousands emo band. Yeah, yeah. You know? I think they're from they're so, Jersey yeah. guys actually. I think okay, they're like sure. super. I think they're from Newark and they're uh, yeah, but they were real popular back in the day, big time. So he wrote the comic book. Very That's interesting. What the show is based off of, so it's kind of why it has that feel. I would say I like this season better. Like I keep going back to just because. One, they use their powers a lot more. Like, there's a really epic scene in, like, the first, like, 10 minutes of the first episode. And it's just like, oh, hell yeah, man. Like, they're all being the badass as they can be. This season just took itself. It seemed, like, a lot less serious. It was a lot more fun. It kind of had more of a comedic kind okay. of ring to it. Uh, you know, I yeah, definitely... Yeah. A little bit less serious as a for on the superhero genre. That's definitely a scale that you need to give it. You know, is this trying to be Batman Begins or trying to be one of the uh, Avengers? You know, it's exactly, and it has a good kind of that fall in the middle. It's just definitely its own thing. Like I would say that the only reason I really thought I wasn't gonna like this season is because like they were stuck in the '60s the whole time, and it's just like there was no kind of inkling that that's what the season was. No, gonna My be Chemical about. Romance by then. Well, no, just like at the end of the first season, you would never be like, oh, the next season's all going to be in the 60s. And it just happens to be like what it is. And I was like, see, this looks so dumb. It was one of the things I liked most about it. I was like, all right, this is fucking interesting. This is great. Well, what was in the first season in the 50s? I mean, it's the same kids, so the right? Like, like now, is it now? What's up? 2019. It's the same kids. The first season takes place like now, in like 2019, 2020. Okay, There's so time travel involved. Oh, okay. Right? I gotcha. I gotcha. So, all right, well, you you, you got to drop that time travel bomb on me, uh, but all right. So that's definitely and like we said, a, a super popular show right now. I have not watched it yet, but uh, really a lot I'll of people are only, talking about it. So Devin's definitely giving it the seal of approval for sure. I'd say the only two people that are really famous from it would be obviously Ellen Page, who plays Juno, and then there's the fan favorite character, and I forget. Uh, Lars, I want to say. It's something like that. It's the guy that sees dead people in the show. And he's like a fan favorite, everybody. But dude, he was, uh, no one knows who he is here in the States, but he was played Darren in Love Hate. The like, okay, hitman, yes, pretty nice. boy. Who's like, and it was fucking, 
So everyone loves him in the States. And every time I look at him, I'm like, oh, that's fucking Darren there. <laughs> wow. All right. Nice. So, I mean, the, the love-hate guys actually have, as we've talked about a couple times, they've appeared in lots of different things, actually. Those yeah, guys. Ninja was in uh, Avengers, dude. Yeah, Ninja exactly. Avengers yeah, Ninja's movies. in Avengers. But, uh, uh, okay, so that's interesting. So Darren and now finally getting uh, getting some action out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people love his character. Nice, nice. But that's on Netflix. You can binge all 10 of those. Uh, I guess on a more serious note, I guess still sneaking kind of emo-y, though. But, uh, <laughs> and I guess this is a little bit of like a recap because we did talk about this uh, upon its premiere when it first Absolutely. came out and Devin was watching, so now upon uh, the finale, how about Devin gives us a little bit of the uh, come full the circle. of, uh, like I was saying, on HBO, it aired weekly. I think it was only six episodes, but I'll Be Gone in the Dark. It was the documentary about the uh, Golden State Killer, or Eurons, as you learn to call them if you watch the documentary. <laughs> but um, it just did a really because it's also about Michelle McInera, who's... Uh, if you don't know, is Pat Oswald's widow, who was a true crime writer, who was in the middle of writing a book about trying to catch the Golden State Killer, who, uh, you know, has never been caught up till recently. And it's just, it did a really good way of being a documentary about both. You know but then I mean? like, she, you didn't uh, necessarily finish oh, yeah, that. True, thought, I like he, uh, she passed away in the middle of it, and then her husband, who was actually Patton Oswalt from you know the great comedian Patton Oswalt, of course, was the uh, husband. He kind of took the project on and finished it off in her honor. Correct. Yeah, I mean, more or less, she had the book more or less done. He just kind of like finished it all up and got it done. But I and guess the other really. Big takeaway from it, though, is uh, with her passing away, uh, like she did whilst writing this book, a lot of the people that helped her write the book, a lot of the detectives that were still working for the police force or the ex-detectives that were, like, giving her all the old case files, they really all kind of, like, rallied together after her death and was like, we got to catch this guy for it. And they fucking do. Wow. It's, it's wild. It does – it's – one of those things where it you could it could be taken as one of two things. It's a great documentary about her, the writer, and just like the person, you know what I mean? Yeah. And kind of the book. Her story. And it's also a great true crime documentary about So it does cover uh, both kind of equally and both. uh it's, tells both a, stories in a good, like adequate fashion. Yeah, it's a really wild way of how it intertwines of yeah. uh, because they really are her. two amazing stories, you know. Uh, of course, the serial killer is obviously grisly and horrid mm-hmm. and all, but the uh, uh, you know writer angle of it, because is right is as well, doesn't it? Kind of delve into the whole like subculture of these true crime writers and how Absolutely a lot of does. them, especially in like recent years, there's you know so many like uh, like our boy Eric on the uh, uh, on the ground out there covering things. There's so many these like true crime writers. There's more true crime writers than you know detectives at this point. So like there's well, you know some success ratios think- with just random people kicking up you know pieces of evidence that then get followed by the police and lead to convictions. It's- one of the good things about one of the few good things about the internet is this small you know like versus like one little county working on this yeah, case yeah. and like i don't have so much information now you have millions and thousands of people like now so many people in. weren't being killed because of the internet it yeah. would be really good news for us terrible news for serial killers <laughs> i mean i don't know i think the internet's kind of a gold mine for serial killers i think it balance there, there are pluses and minuses but there, I mean, it's just scary. The whole like justice system. Thank God for DNA. It's scary because there's a part in the end where they have it like narrowed down to like five guys, 
And the one cop is like, dude, guarantee it's this guy in Colorado. Like, everything lines up. Like, I can't picture this guy not being guilty. And then, like, they, like, spill a little, like, DNA from the guy. And it comes back and it's like, no way in hell that it's him. And, like, the cop just can't wrap his mind around it. He's well, like, gotta be it's like one guy. of those situations like, where all of the like, circumstantial dude, evidence lines this. up. Yeah. Thank and, uh, God for DNA for this guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the guy was like, but, I mean, I don't know if you – I, mean, like, I guess we said kind of Bradley Cooper alert, spoilers, but I myself made a point to uh, not look up uh, who it was. Like I tried to learn a little bit least about the actual Gold State Killer as possible just because I wanted the reveal to be a surprise. And fuck it, man, does it pay off, boy. Wow. Like, it's definitely like Hollywood ending. Like, holy shit. Yeah, they, uh, I, uh, and again, it's just like this guy's definitely got to be cursing his second cousin who decided to go on like Ancestry.com. And like throw their DNA out there because that's yeah. how they fucking got. That's how they got the guy. It was well, one of those like family tree websites. No way. <laughs> Interesting, and there has even been deve- like during the course of the show being on. There was even recent developments in the case. Correct? Didn't they like ultimately come to like an, a verdict and of an appeal or something like that? Or because uh, I mean, how sure. how long ago was this arrest? Was the arrest? Uh, I mean, a couple years ago. A okay. Because I mean, and the, a lot of the man, killings took place him. like twenty years ago, though, right? It ended in like eighty five, I believe. Was the last killing was in eighty five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. He got away for it forever. Jesus. So he's like. That, it's the killings you focus on. I think he killed like eight or ten people. But it's like, and I, obviously this is, there's nothing to joke around with this all. But just the insane number. He raped something like 50 fucking women or like 40, 40 wow. to 50 women. Dude, like, and got away from it like scot-free and like had the same MO. And it's, the whole thing is crazy too. And just, I guess, the, uh, you know, not as, as many victims as he had, but uh there's a real kind of a creepy, scary thing that I always took away from it, too, is how, like, they are real people that read the newspapers because when he first started doing it, he was just attacking single women in their home and raping them and, uh, you know, getting sneaking out in the middle of the night. And um, the newspaper wrote about that. How was, he was like, well, he's not attacking couples. So, like, couples, you're safe. And then after that, he just immediately started changing his M.O. to, like, attacking couples wow. like tying the husband up and like raping the wife and then leaving interesting he was just a fucking scary fucking sketchy yeah, guy yeah uh, i don't want to get too killer. much but i'm gonna say murderer. i'm not gonna say too much about who he is but i will say uh hashtag defund the police uh, <laughs> interesting the very detective that was convinced yeah. it was the guy in colorado <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but okay wow so that's definitely like, uh, like, and again and hbo great- has a great uh you know efficiency rate here on this show for us so you trust what they Correct. do in general a couple of mm-hmm. uh, different tales being told sounds like a real home run gotta check out yeah it is and like i was saying it's not only just a true crime it's also like the story of poor michelle McNamara who again like passed away in her sleep right before the book came out like she was yeah, yeah. pretty much done the book it was pretty much like published time when she passed away well so that's definitely uh and that one just ended on hbo i'll tell you this though and i just uh kind of like you were saying with the whole like it is about like all the true crime like podcasts and like festivals out there too it is like kind of an unsettling thing and like kind of like at the end they're at like a true crime convention i guess and there's like a whole audience of like thousands of people and Patton oswald is on stage with the book about the you know going state killer but then they bring out like and i'm not taking anything away from these women but they bring out these rape victim 
becomes like their celebrity, right? They're like victim number eight, Stacy Cohen. <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, yeah. oh, and it's just like anybody that's like women, been like, in a book or on a TV show in this society is famous. Sure, so. but like it's just like good for these women, like facing evil in the face and like doing what they can with it. But like, there's a very creep factor about the audience being like, Oh, she's one of the victims. Fuck yeah. I can't believe yeah, she's here. Yeah. And then like, getting I mean, there's definitely audience, something very creepy about being these people being very their, into serial killers and murders just in general. They're Even, getting these women's autograph in the book too. And it's just like, this is fucked up. Like, yeah, yeah. That is fucked that up. Not a true crime guy. I mean, I am. Can you autograph the page that that graphically details your raping, please? Uh, I love the part when you get raped. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, there's even something honestly creepy about you know just the the whole people that are obsessed with even trying to stop one of these serial killers. It's like, can go to the fucking Mm. park for God's sakes? You know what I mean? Like, do you have to sit around uh, researching serial killer on your own time for no reason? You know what I mean? So it's just like there's a it's it's a weird subgenre that you're probably better staying out of. You know? And I'm no better. I mean, I've definitely listened to a couple of true crime podcasts. Like to live and die in L.A. is one of the fucking craziest uh, podcasts I've ever listened to in my life. But, uh, I mean, great song I by Tupac. Yeah. But I Is that the opening the theme song? Because they're really missing the boat, if not. If they're not getting the rights. Um, <laughs> that Pac is tough. Uh, but Would I ever go to a convention? Hell no. I had to go to back to the Delaware comic book convention before I went to a tree <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, you did get to meet uh, Stan Lee, Lee's Lee. brother. Uh, so <laughs> Only a name. But, uh, but, yeah. So, astounding reviews, I guess, for both. I guess in a... Upcoming, though, TV coming up, one that I'm really excited about, I think Liam and I both would be, is uh, it's been delayed for a while now, but it has been announced. There has been trailers of it, but uh, the fourth season of Fargo is coming out soon. Uh, I think late September, early October now. I think yeah, I think they, they officially announced the 27th of September. <clears throat> so yeah. a date uh, all set and ready to go for the you know early fall here after – getting uh, pushed back right at the beginning around of uh, coronavirus too i think it was sorry yeah, right at the beginning yeah, yeah. of uh, coronavirus i think it was start it was slated to come out in like march or april or so so mm-hmm. and i'll be honest with you man the uh watching the trailer for it as just a fan liam you've watched the first two seasons of fargo i watched the first three as just a fan of the show i'm uh excited for it the, you know the creator took the time off to make that uh x-men spinoff series uh that was on FX. That was okay, interesting. crazy amazing. He I made, didn't realize uh, that that's what he was doing because there is a little bit of a layoff. The first couple were kind of, you know, every year. Then there's been, you know, three years or so since uh, season three. So it's been a while since the show came out because he took the, th- the years off to make Legion, that like X-Men spinoff zany show. This is, uh, you know, Noah Folly, the guy that made the show. Now he's back. With, I don't think anyone thought a fourth season was going to come, but kind of like what I was saying, the trailer for a season four of Fargo just gets better and better. Like it's set back in like the forties. Okay. I'm on board. It's starring Chris Rock. It's like, all right, Chris Rock's in this. Looking <laughs> yeah. good. And Jason Schwartzman is like some little weaselly gangster. And it's like, all right, cool. Like big Jason Schwartzman fan. And then sure enough, halfway through the trailer, guess who's playing the old timey sheriff, but <laughs> Timothy Oliphant, old yeah. Bullock himself. Amazing cast. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. And back to like the anthology style Fargo individual series. The first two were kind of related, but then the third was like iso- isolated. They all relate. Uh, so the 
the first season relates to the movie. There's like a click in it that like there's something in it that like happens that like relates directly to the movie, and you're like, all right. The second season is like a prequel to the first season. The third season, there's a character that shows up halfway through from the first season. Oh, interesting. So I'm excited to see how they kind of like tie this into that whole Fargo universe. Okay, nice, nice. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you're right, definitely uh, great cast. And like you said, cool kind of, you know, 1940s crime. Chris Rock is like a crime, you know, uh, a boss wearing a top hat. And, you know, the black mafia versus the Italian mafia kind of, you know, crime wars in, the, in, in like Kansas City or somewhere random too. So, Correct. But like Fargo always has like that's what it is on its face, but like, the series Fargo and the movie too. There's always like some underlying other story that's kind of going on. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Again, that's the face. I of got it. a feeling like, that's where Schwartzman's gonna come in in this one, but he looks like yeah. he's uh, he. It looks really good from the trailers, though. Definitely. Yeah, it really does. It really, really does. Uh, another series that's coming out with kind of a big name. Uh, this one's coming out on HBO Max, but Ridley Scott is uh, helming a TV show called Raised by Wolves. Uh, coming out it's uh yeah. and this one's another one that's been like a long time coming but it's been uh, it was originally i think when we talked about it gonna be with t uh, on tnt and i remember like kind of being very skeptical about how tnt shows always suck you know what right. i mean and i was like dude that's gonna ruin this like ridley scott like what's he doing and now it comes out we've waited like a year or two but with hbo mm-hmm. max much more much more optimistic yeah. about the chances with HBO a little Max. More money on it. And the trailer looks have, great, too. Yeah. They love their robots at old HBO, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, Westworld's been working. Let's get, I got another robot show on. Uh, it does look good, man. I'm always into that. Yeah, this one's like, ra- like robots raising a race of humans in like a post apocalyptic other planet or some shit. Correct. So it's back yeah, in like outer space. Looks The trailer looks psychedelic as fuck, to be honest, and looks really, yeah. really cool. Ridley no, I Scott, I don't think he's ever done TV before as well, right? Yeah, I, I don't think so. He he's kind of has that, like, his movies and, kind of have that bigger, they've got that, like, you know, blockbuster movie quality with fucking, you know, well, Alien correct, and obviously. Gladiator and whatnot. It's like he Terminator, makes, like, big time, you know, bigger than life kind of pictures. Correct. Uh, yeah, he's actually directing two episodes, too. He's not even, like, it's not even, like, one of those things where he's producing it so his name's on it. I think he's directing... Either the first two episodes or the first and last episode. Nice, nice. So, yeah, but uh, again, again with the ties with HBO as well, I've got a lot more confidence, like I just said, with HBO than TNT with a project like this. But the uh, uh, trailers look good. You know, the uh, uh, big recipe, I don't, I don't think any familiar actors in this one that I was familiar with. I think like yeah, I the uh, lead is actually a female actress yeah, that I was unfamiliar with, but... You know, definitely yeah, a lot to look forward to for this one. And this one's just starting in the uh, early September, so only a couple of weeks away. Correct. Yeah, I didn't uh, recognize those robots from anywhere, so. <laughs> nah. No one I knew. I guess another show that's coming out that we did mention on, and again, another HBO show that we did mention on our uh, Comic-Con look at, but uh, Lovecraft County comes out this weekend, the first episode on HBO. Yes. <laughs> Looks, uh... Very interesting, man. It looks like there's like an underground. I mean, obviously the main story is like racism in the South and kind of like a road trip, like we covered. And I called also- it Stranger Things meets Green Book because mm-hmm. road trip through racism, where uh, a, a shape shifting monster pops out of the woods. Yeah, uh, right. 
I would even say it has like that uh, True Blood with it being HBO. It kind of has that True Blood feel to it. Yeah, yeah. Like three things in the south. But again, real, uh, you know, excited. Again, HBO involved. It looks like the Lovecraft is, you know, title kind of coming just from some of the uh, ominous science fiction tone that it's going to have like a Lovecraft kind of short story. However, not like an interpretation of a Lovecraft short story, kind of more just the sci-fi creepy kind of tone. Correct. And honestly, dude, I'm just And is this a Jordan Peele thing as well? He is. He's J.J. Uh, Abrams and Jordan Peele. Okay, wow. J.J. Abrams as well. Yeah. So. so, like, good sci-fi hard hitters, you know what I mean? For sure. Great writers. Uh, again, I'm just kind of glad to be in, like, a Sunday night with HBO again. I don't think I've had that since Game of Thrones. Dude, I like, mean, between our break today, man, between the uh, uh, Ridley Scott coming out on HBO Max, and we, what was one of the first things that we were talking about about HBO Max, I think? But I got to finally uh, sign up. You know, or at least yeah. start my free trial, but I have so far been right. sans HBO since I dropped my cable and went to streaming a couple months ago, and I haven't really missed it. However, time to I'll buy in. You, uh, I'll give you my info off mic later, all right? This has got everything on there, man. I caught up on all the episodes of, like, South Park. I hadn't watched South Park in years, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this show's fucking hilarious. What have I been doing? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of stuff on there, man. That's uh, They have, like, all the Conan stuff on there, a lot of TBS well. stuff. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, no, I got to check it out. I got to check it out. But uh, in streaming services that I think a lot of people are going to start backing out of and you don't have to check out, uh, in kind of Disney Plus news, we've talked about the live-action release of Mulan and kind of with the COVID, what are they going to do with it? Are they going to give the theater release? I think we covered it in one of our early COVID specials of movies that are now going to be maybe going to streaming. Uh, Disney has finally announced that on September 4th, Mulan is finally not going to go to theaters. Don't expect to see it in AMC. It's going to be exclusively on their streaming service. So good news for all. I can't wait. I'm excited. Can't wait to watch. It's going to be amazing. Great news for all you Disney Plus fans. Except for the fact (laughs) that on the newest trailer they put out too, like you got to have a little premium on there. You got to pay $30 to watch this fucking movie. Dude. This is outrageous. What is this, a it's fucking insane. Tyson fight? Like 30 bucks on top of your uh, uh, regular monthly membership? Like now, here's the thing with me, too, that blows my mind. On top of your monthly membership, right, you got to pay $30 extra just for Mulan. Which you for a movie, what kind of price it. is that? 30 bucks for a movie? You don't even own the movie, dude. Like, okay, this is like a 24-hour fucking... You want on Disney. No, 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 no. You can stream as much as you want on Disney+, Plus, but like... It's not like you can cancel your Disney Plus and be like, well, at least I bought Mulan $30 okay, straight up. They're like, no, we're taking that with us, man. Like, you cancel Disney Plus. Okay. You don't get it. And if you're a non-Disney Plus customer that just wants to buy Mulan for 30 bucks, go fuck yourself. Like, you got to pay the monthly membership for it, too. Wow. See, you know I would have. I, mean? I thought when it came out that at least they were doing like for non-members. If we want to pony up thirty bucks and watch Mulan, go for it. You know what I mean? But uh, Dude, uh, thirty bucks on top of the monthly like, membership. Like, what are you crazy? Dollars. All right, we get it. Like, we didn't make any money. We fucking spent the budget on this. Give us five bucks. You can watch. You're it. Disney. You didn't fucking like. Yeah, you don't yeah. need to make any money. You made all your money with Star Wars and Marvel and shit. Like it all. One hand washes the other with the big company like that. That's the well, whole. I almost guarantee now that's what we're gonna see happen with that Black Widow movie. Again, owned by Disney, kept getting canceled because of uh, yeah. COVID. Obviously, I guarantee you we're gonna have that option with Watch Black Widow for thirty dollars, 
And that's the one that really pisses me off because I know I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that one as well because it's been fucking delayed and it's probably going to – 90% chances that it blows. Like that's going to be a real kick in the balls. Seen a, uh, I mean they really movie. slow played us with Hamilton. We talked all and all about how Hamilton was free and how great it was. Now they're really mm-hmm. making up with it for 30 bucks from Mulan. Fucking goddamn Mulan, right? I mean, uh, like, the, like I, I would understand, you know, like for WWE Network, for example, if you're a regular member, then you get like a real big discount. Like all of the pay per views are like ten bucks or something like that. So I could see something like that from mm-hmm. Disney Plus. They release these new movies. You have to pay ten bucks even on top of your like, thing. That's fine, whatever. Bucks, yeah. But you know, thirty bucks on top. That's you know. Fifty uh, percent more expensive than King of Staten Island, and you got a membership free fee. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and there's nothing else on the service because I already watched Mandalorian four months ago. So, it's and a Hamilton bold move too because their whole thing was like, watch everything Disney has ever made with your streaming service, and then like this hit was like, we have thirty dollars. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, Dude, that's I, a that's an I outrage. Say money for the quarantine. What have you been doing, Disney? <laughs> yeah for real but uh yeah so it's kind of a bullshit move on their part i'd be curious to see like i'd be curious to see i'm very curious to see how it goes down come september 4th when it comes out like how much are they gonna how successful shit? it is how many people fucking cancel their subscription and again too i don't think anybody was really like dying to see mulan you know what I mean? It's not I mean, like speak it's like for yourself, bro. I'm a. I mean, they could have got away with this shit with like the Lion King, Aladdin, even Hamilton. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fucking Hamilton for yeah. sure. But, like, give us, Mulan, give us Mulan for free and uh, charges for Hamilton for. And plus, they cut out the Eddie Murphy character too. So, like, what are we doing? There's no Mushu. <laughs> oh well, don't know yeah. what that is, but it sounds kind of racist. I gotta be honest. Eddie Murphy did the dragon voice in the cartoon version. <laughs> nice. I didn't see it. I missed that one. I got to be honest. Me too. It's the last Disney movie I think as growing up that I didn't see. That was on the cusp of. I mean, it was like too old and I don't care. Okay, interesting. I don't know. I think for me, after Lion King, I might have like called it a day. I don't know what came after that. Like how far down the list was Mulan? I think probably right after. Okay, yeah. That's probably about right then. Mm hmm. But um, I guess another kind of you know good on you, good on you movie news. Good job, buddy, and uh, especially as a uh, ex wrestler. But for the second year in a row now, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is the highest paid actor in Hollywood. <laughs> the Rock, do you smell what the Rock's cooking? Fucking wild to me, man. Yeah, man. It's I mean, a, putting Hulk Hogan, put, putting uh, uh, Santa Claus with muscles to shame <laughs> with being the highest paid actor two years in a row. And as mm-hmm. well, I mean, this, I guess, is a little bit kind of misleading in some regards where it's not just movie revenue. Like, he's making no, a lot like of money. From, he's getting paid. Yeah, yeah. Like, he makes a lot of money from, like, his, uh, uh, I guess, Under Armour endorsement. He's got, like, a big thing going okay. on. So he makes tons of cash with that, apparently. But even as an actor, like, this year, he's uh, uh, was, you know, $23 million for uh, yeah. uh, the upcoming Netflix Red Notice, which is, like, a huge blockbuster. 23. So he made $87.5 million this year, right? $87 uh, million. And last year was, like, another eighty. Correct. Fucking... I think that was Hobbs and Shaw was a big part of that, too. And Jumanji. He was his big cash cow last Jumanji. year for Jumanji. 
Um, as well, apparently, yeah, sorry, uh, but as well, apparently, The Rock has the best business deal in all of Hollywood where I guess they stopped the or they really lowered like the uh, they were giving guys like 20% of the back end and they kind of stopped doing that but The Rock still makes more of like the back end he gets like 23 million up front and then like 15% of what it, of what it makes after or whatever which is way higher than what any other actor gets on like the back end for whatever reason good for so, him yeah, I think he just made like a really good business decision with Jumanji and then followed it up with this one, but he's uh I mean that's the Jack Nicholson clause. I think Jack Nicholson to this day was like the highest like income from one movie and that was Batman with Michael Keaton because he took like a twenty percent cut like on the uh, everything that Batman made. And that yeah. included like all the toys and like anything that was a part of that movie. Well. He fucking cleaned up after that. And The Rock too, like I said, Rock like you were saying uh too, The Rock got paid twenty three and a half million dollars for this goddamn new Netflix movie coming out with Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman herself. Ryan That's Reynolds cool. made another twenty million from this movie, by the way. Yeah, so you're telling me the Rock's getting paid more money than uh, Deadpool? <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the thing. It's just like uh, uh, you wouldn't think of him as one of the biggest uh, actors. And you know what I mean? There are probably actors that make, you know, $20, $30 million. You know, Tom Cruise is probably making more money per film Mm -hmm. than The Rock. But when you add it all up as well as ballers, he's making a lot of money for. I'm sure he's got like WWF money coming in through T-shirts. Because even in WWF, he was actually one of the first people to, uh, you know, the the whole business around that was changing, and the guys were getting way more of their T-shirt money. Even like Hulk Hogan was getting like five percent of his T-shirt money, and then by the Rock and uh, uh, Stone Cold's time, they were getting like thirty-five percent or some shit like that. You know, sure. and I think he made. I- some real good deals with his WWF, you know, rights also, and all that shit. I would shit. also say in that aspect, too, that I think The Rock, we might have talked about this before, but The Rock is, the to me, the only wrestler that's, like, actually, like, made it in Hollywood. Obviously, with... Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely, from this standpoint, for but sure. But I can't think of one more wrestler that's, like, turned professional actor and, like, actually, like, you know, had a good go at it. Stone Cold been things here and there. Even John Cena, I say, would be a second. Hulk Hogan is <laughs> like Cena's yeah. muscles, but like no, none of them have translated. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, into Correct. major Hollywood, and especially like you know SNL appearances. Like he can do comedy, he can do action, he can do. He kids. had a whole goddamn. H- he had a whole goddamn HBO series, man. He fucking ran ballers for like four seasons. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. He is definitely top notch. I guess to to round out the list, like we just said, Ryan Reynolds, I think as well was up there. He's this year actually. Ryan Reynolds is making uh, uh, over fifty million dollars just off of Netflix movies, as he's in a Red Notice, like we just said, as well as uh, Six Underground is coming up, which is a big one on Netflix, where he's getting that's paid twenty out, million. Or that's we just already. We just haven't watched it. Okay, yeah, yeah. But uh, that was $20 million for uh, him. There's another one coming up where he's making a lot. So out of $70 million this year for Ryan Reynolds, uh, uh, 50 of that coming out of Netflix. A couple other interesting ones, but coming in third on the list was Wahlberg, his biggest moneymaker of the year. Oh, tell me it's Spencer. Spencer Confidential from Netflix. Netflix just shelling out cash. But uh, literally well, putting putting these top three guys on the on the list. I but, hate to say that too, but I think Spencer Confidential is like one of Netflix's like biggest like 
the algorithm was like one of the biggest hits too. Which is <laughs> Hilarious. Although everybody, every single person in the uh, entire New England area was fucking forced oh, to watch oh. that one. But uh, uh, as well, the most interesting one on the list coming in number five, and I would give you uh, a million guesses, and I don't think that you would guess that Vin Diesel made fifty-five million dollars this year. I would guess that, man, uh, if you give me a sec, only because they already paid him for the new Fast and the Furious movie. And apparently he has a big deal on Fast and the Furious production rights. And apparently he made a huge amount of money on the – there's apparently a Netflix animated Fast and the Furious spinoff series. Remember last episode we were talking about all the fucking fast? I was shocked that these things were even successful. Yeah. Apparently, Vin Diesel's making like $50 million a year off fucking production rights from all this shit. But just amazing. It's insane. Like I said. Like Like last year, the list was all kind of like the – a lot of the Marvel guys from the uh, MCU movies coming out because like Helmsworth and Downey. I think Downey Jr. uh, even has a better deal with The Rock in terms of like – Back end shit, and this is all from the, oh, the one, knows. all from the one Forbes article that I read, by the way. But uh, so they said, Downey Jr. has a big like back end deal for the whole MCU franchise, I think, oh, or whatever. Downey's made, uh, which is a crazy thing to even think about. He's made a couple hundred million off the MCU, which yeah. is wild too, because he was the risk factor when uh, uh, the first Iron Man movie came out. There were yeah. A lot of they didn't want to cast him because he like had the reputation. He's like the ex junkie, and they're like, "Dude, we're not." It wasn't for. Also, I mean, it just wouldn't. You wouldn't think like, superhero bro. like they really and they really changed no. how you think of superhero movies. Absolutely. And Robert Dooney Jr. really is. I know I've kind of bashed that Iron Man, that first Iron Man, a couple, maybe perhaps five years ago. I didn't give it the best review, but uh, you know he's really rev- like he's really made such an impact in the superhero franchise movie history that he deserves probably you know more than Hemsworth or any of the other Marvel guys he's really made his you know impact and uniqueness and all that for sure for sure but uh I could talk about these Marvel movies and how much money they're they're making all night man but uh Liam, on the other hand, had other plans. He insisted <laughs> we talk about some uh, indies that are out there right now. Yeah, we're always talking the big blockbusters. We're always uh, giving the, the old snubski to the indie films, however. But uh, I guess there's a couple of them are hot ones now. And a lot of this actually is inspired by you because you actually saw one of the ones that I haven't seen yet. And I guess it's, you know, indie film, even though it's on HBO and even though it has, you know, big yeah. uh, Hollywood name or whatnot. But the new Seth Rogen American Pickle, like, would have definitely been an IFC kind of movie. And I have not watched that yet For via sure. my lack of Max. How about you give us a rundown? I did. I'll keep it briefer than the other two, I suppose. But, uh, I will say this, the trailer for the movie definitely was misleading in the effect that, yeah, it is like a movie where he's playing two people, but if you watch the trailer, it definitely seems like it has a serious undertone to it. Yeah. His wife is dead, he's a girl. So it seems like there's like two people getting to know him. In the end, it just kind of turned out to be a Seth Rogen comedy. Like, I was okay, very really? surprised. It does I not – I thought it was – I was excited because it was like looked totally un-Seth Rogen. You know what I mean? Like no, not dude, goofy – going into it and it kind of starts that way and then it really is without giving too much away it's basically the two of them just doing battle against each other like them not liking each other and okay I see. Like, and it is like a 1920s kind of situation yeah. right like early american yeah, no, no. yeah he's an early american like 
you know, like a Jewish, European Jewish coming to America. Yeah, like European Jewish immigrant, like the early 20s. Like early. Russian Jewish immigrant coming to America. Then he gets, falls in pickle brine and he wakes up a hundred years later. And he's in the <laughs> oh, modern world. And he's like, meets his great, great grandson, which is also Seth Rogen. But then they just hate each other because like the old one blows a business meeting for modern Seth Rogen. So then he's like, you are a loser. I am smart guy. I will start a pickle company. And they're just basically like undermining each nice. other the whole movie. It's like a fucking so uh, was, curb your enthusiasm fucking episode of. <laughs> kind of, man. It more or less kind of had to feel like that. And in that aspect of it, I was like, oh, this isn't boring or pretentious at all. This is a dumb yeah. Seth Rogen movie. I if only I would have known, I would have gotten way more high yeah. before this one. And uh... I lit up a joint. I stroked my beard. And I, my beard, and I enjoyed it for what nice. it was. All right, so bong hits up. before American Pickle, I'd say. For sure. For sure. <laughs> in classic Seth Rogen fashion. Uh, I myself, however, did see a couple of the indies. One of them is uh, uh, all the rage right now, getting a lot of buzz. But First Cow, which I guess does actually star one of the guys from uh, Umbrella Academy, but John Magaro. Uh, I think I actually saw him on a front page on Broadway a couple years ago as well, actually. But uh, he's the main star. There is like a, uh, uh, you know, pretty much one other co-star, but really, you know, small Cast slow, uh, uh, suspenseful, but really, you know, uh, uh, really pretty to look at, and just one of those like indie films that's really uh, a way like remarkably watchable and exciting for the amount of shit that happens. You know what I mean? It's a real kind of just like slow paced uh, tale of a friendship, but they do a real good job at just keeping you engaged and interested. You know, and it's like a, a wild west kind of you know the pioneers heading to the gold rush. Uh, era of you know american yeah. history so a little bit of a period piece there but uh, uh really good really really quality highly recommend it but uh, and then another one that I wanted to talk out, and I guess I got to give a big shout out as well to the IFC Center here in New York City, as I've uh, definitely talked about a lot over the you know course of our show. Although I've kind of been ignoring a little bit in Coronaville, as uh, they've actually done a great job during the coronavirus with our memberships. They've like suspended our memberships, so we're you know whenever uh, their theater resumes, they'll resume without losing any time. However, they have given us continuous like member free member screenings of different films and different like member awesome. opportunities like that which is cool however uh, uh so have... the opposite of uh disney plus yes exactly. you an extra 30 they're like hey we're going to uh hey we appreciate you, you being a customer and... <laughs> and here's some movies to watch in the meanwhile yes but i haven't been uh, i've been kind of snoozing on my uh my ifc you know membership screenings uh however this week i did check out the uh membership screening of Sputnik which was a super super cool sci-fi thriller it's actually a Russian movie but a, a really really cool you know sci-fi action thriller uh, uh, alien parasite tale you know they uh, 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 you know Russian space travelers come back after like an alien encounter and then of course right, there's yeah. you know shady scientists and uh, uh, government double crosses going on but really, really uh, highly recommend as well, Sputnik. Sputnik. That sounds very much up my alley, man. Yeah, definitely think the geeks out there would really enjoy this as well. It has like that different angle on, you know, the, the extraterrestrial, dealing with extraterrestrials. Then you see it's okay. a little bit more of that, you know, uh, 
you know, parasailing, kind of a little bit more of a realistic interpretation. Well, I'm sure it has like a very different perspective too, with it being, uh, like you said, a Russian movie, and just kind of like we've seen it done a million times, done to tears. The American, uh, um, you know, alien yeah. invasion movie. It's definitely different to see it, I guess, from like a no, different. No, that's very true. Yeah, of like how they would handle more of like kind of the hush-hushness of it maybe sure. or like, it's good to see other countries being shady assholes for once as opposed yeah, to just the american military well. hiding uh covering up the obvious alien image but uh, uh definitely uh, a super cool sci-fi thriller definitely think the geeks would enjoy and uh i guess i as well a couple other docs that i saw i uh, there's a really cool documentary called good trouble about john lewis the uh, okay. great, you know, civil rights activist and, you know, uh, uh, was he a governor or senator? Do you know? Just passed away. He right? just passed away. Yes. And didn't, uh, make, our, didn't make our RIPs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, we weren't, weren't doing our Agent yeah. Ronnie break. You know, he's uh, sternly, uh, thoroughly in the politician field. But uh, if you're one of the bozos like me and Devin, perhaps over there, that need a little bit of like a recap on one of the great lives in American history, watch Good Trouble uh, about John Lewis and just show how instrumental he was in the whole civil rights. Like, like literally at the root of a lot of some of the most like foundational moments in American history, working with Dr. King and working with the civil rights leaders of the time and being in, you know, a, a, a represented state official for you know the last 50 years or whatever super interesting one of those lives that like you know uh, this should be the person that we know about and not tom cruise you know Absolutely. except for idiots like me and you obviously don't so we have to watch the documentary we, but that's why they make it a, so we wouldn't have a podcast without it <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> let's face it nobody would listen to the uh, john lewis podcast all right he was a great guy but uh people want their comic book heroes but uh, no, People in all want honesty, their Tom though, Cruise. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Tom Cruise by uh, the Tom Cruise documentary will probably be better. However, John Lewis is pretty good too. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but in all honesty, definitely uh, really recommend that as well. In terms of you know, really uh, powerful and inspirational, and definitely the the kind of story that you should know about. You know, to be a proud American. So, and I'm not. I'm uh, as somebody that's known about it for fucking three days since I watched the documentary. <laughs> so, take it from me. It was a cool story to learn. You know. So, like you were saying, man, they both seem like really good things. Sputnik, very two very different things, and two like great things to definitely check out. And First cow was- as well. Three very yeah. different. You know, an American pickle as well, even. But all very but di- I mean, you know diverse have- flock of indie films, but. So that's going to be it for all of the uh, our indie movie kind of look, kind of a new feature here in the Geeked Up podcast. Uh, you know, but uh, like kind of Liam was saying earlier, with Vin Diesel being one of the top paid actors and with Fast and the Furious being turned into a, uh, a cartoon and a TV show, and of course Fargo, which we talked about earlier, uh, again, a movie based off a TV show, a TV show based off a movie, Kind of got us thinking we should take a closer look at something like that. Take it, Andre. Closer look, closer look, closer look. Break out the telescope, then the microscope. All of your other scopes, it's exactly what you hold. We're gonna look real close. Take a closer look, closer look. Closer look.
Javi at soundcloud.com. Uh, like I've been saying, five years now, that song gets me every time. <laughs> but anyway, like we were saying, uh, you know, we just did it on Spencer Confidential. We did TV shows turned into movies. But now with this Fargo talk and Vin Diesel turning Fast yes. and Furious cartoon, we're doing movies turned into TV shows. And uh, I guess to kind of knock this off, uh, this off the top, we should get into this because Fast and the Furious is going to be a cartoon on the Netflix. And, yes, uh, an animated uh, spinoff series. I was kind of telling Liam we could have just done a goddamn closer look on. Uh, and this is really big in the '90s, also. But uh, movies that were turned into cartoon TV shows. Yes, cartoon adaptations was definitely. Uh... And kind of Liam style. I'm just going to kind of fly through some of these uh, just cartoons I just remember from being a kid and just like kind of forgetting that some of them, well, kind of knowing that all of them were movies, but yeah. like just. I mean, a couple of the big ones. There's one that we've talked about on one of the shows recently with, I think you were saying that you were a huge Ghostbusters fan. I'll just throw that one out there, like the big yeah, ones that we didn't absolutely. have to, we don't have to think too hard about. Ghostbusters was a huge one that we can, that I can remember. It's such a huge one that. I think I was more I was aware of the cartoon before I was the movie. Okay, yeah, because we were that age, like it was such a huge cartoon right when we were kids that it was, you know, uh, yeah, and equally as as big as the movies and with the toys and all had a lot more of like a, you know, it had a lot much more of a kids kind of feel the Ghostbusters franchise than the movies did. You know what I mean? When I saw the movies as an a little bit older. You know what I mean? You're surprised you could uh, continue to enjoy from the very was, childish uh... cartoon. If it was 1988, 1989, and you happen to be going through Wilmington, Delaware at that time, there's a good chance you saw me walking up and down the street with a proton pack. On, right? uh, <laughs> Dressed up uh, like old, uh, like a, a Spangler. I was an Egon, I was an Egon fan. I was an Egon <laughs> Spangler. Uh, uh, I guess another huge one before you give him the big list, but another one of my faves. But Beetlejuice was a good, uh, was a great cartoon. For sure. For sure. Uh, I think another just to clump one into a big block, but not one, not two, but three goddamn '90s cartoons based off Jim Carrey movies. Okay, okay, there wow. Was Dumb, there was Dumb and Dumber, the animated series. I don't remember that. There was Ace Ventura, the animated series. Don't and remember that either. The only one that really makes sense is there was the mask. Yeah, I remember that one. I remember the mask, but I don't remember uh, uh, Ace or Dumb and Dumber. That makes no sense. I do. I mean, come on. If Ren in a world where Ren and Stimpy and Beavis and Butthead exist, the Harry and Lloyd. <laughs> but I mean, like the Farley brothers were, you know, I mean, that was a little bit edgier, I'd say, than a kid's kind of, I don't know. It was. Uh, well, I mean, just... same thing with goddamn Ghostbusters. Did you see the movie? Yeah, no, Ghost... I guess that's true. That's a good word to yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I guess true, like we were saying. But, uh, uh, okay, those are very interesting. Uh, well, Ace Venture, I could see, but... Kind of fly through some other ones. Uh, Back to the Future was a cartoon in the 90s. Uh, Jumanji, cartoon in the 90s. RoboCop, Police Academy, both cartoons. No uh, way. Are... RoboCop sounds awesome. I gotta go back and check that one out, though. A Robo, Robo An animated Cop. RoboCop? RoboCop might have been late 80s because I remember my mom having coming in and me watching it once and having me turn it off. I think she was associating it too much with the movie 
the movie was pretty violent. <laughs> yeah, the movie was like an R-rated, probably. It was still RoboCop, like, taking names. Uh, Police Academy, another hilarious one that I said, like... I mean, that one um, should have never been made as a real movie, I think. Uh, it works way better as a cartoon. I remember the Police Academy toys, dude. They would do, like, zany things. <laughs> yeah, I remember those, too. Uh, Bill and Ted cartoon. Okay, I remember Bill and Ted's. I think Keanu was even in uh, uh, Bill and Ted's. I don't know if Keanu was. I can almost guarantee Alex Winters was. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember Bill and Ted's. Uh, Men in Black was a cartoon. Uh, Godzilla was a cartoon. And not just like the Japanese Godzilla, but the cartoon was based off of like the 90s Matthew Broderick. <laughs> Wait, I was gonna... The Broderick uh, cartoon version of Broderick's Godzilla? Um, another hilarious one. Who Rambo. played Jack? Did Jack Black voice himself or? <laughs> yeah. Um, Rambo, another card. I was just gonna, I was just gonna joke, and you said RoboCop. I was just gonna say, where's the Rambo? Uh, where's Rambo the Rambo cartoon? Again, I think that was in the eighties. I think they were trying to jump on like the GI Joe kind of cartoon. Okay, nice. Phrase. Yeah, for sure. Just him with the bandana, no shirt on. And then one of my favorites that doesn't really get a lot of love, but just as kind of go to your indie movie thing and just a big love of Kevin Smith. But there was two seasons. I think they made two seasons. Only one season never got released before it got canceled, but he put them both on DVD. But uh, Clerks, the animated series. Oh, you know what? You're right. I do remember the animated Clerks. I thought you were going to give me like a Jay and Silent Bob thing that I hadn't uh, wasn't well, familiar with. Jay but... and Silent Bob are in it. Uh, Kevin Smith, easiest cartoon work he's ever done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jason Mewes did Jay. And then the two other guys, uh, Dante and uh, the other, Randall. Randall, both yeah. Both did the voices for the show. It was no like, way. Written, written by Kevin Smith, too. It wasn't like he gave like the WB, like, Oh, make a clerk's cartoon like he wrote every episode okay hilarious fashion, it was, nice uh, nice yeah i remember that. What, what, do you remember what that was on like what a, a network was that like a cartoon dude, network i want to guess like, a... like comedy central FX so it was for adults okay yeah yeah for sure yeah, i think it was comedy central i don't even think fx was out yet maybe fox in fact fox makes a lot of sense yeah yeah no i do vaguely remember that and that's one of those where i'm like kicking myself like how, how did i how did i not watch the clerks animated series but the uh that would make sense, uh, uh, I guess, to go to... Uh, uh, so should we go to some more live action? Have we... Uh... Yeah, that's what I got for cartoons, but if we really would have taken the time to do a deep dive of all of those, man... I mean, I guess I got one more on my list, actually, because there was an Aladdin cartoon series after the Disney movie. He had, like, a oh, big yeah. uh, cartoon series. There was. There was also, like, Little Mermaid, I think Beauty and the Beast. I think every Disney movie had a series on the Disney Channel at some point. Okay, I see, I see. The um, couple other ones, though, and a couple other ones just from recent years. And again, I haven't watched a couple, of, a lot of these. Jack Ryan's got a show out uh, uh, now on Amazon with John Kay, as we've talked Correct. about. I've never watched the uh, actual Jack Ryan movies, but everybody has like have. put those in, put those in as like action movie classics. There's like five of them. You've never seen one of them. No, I've like sl- I-, I missed the first four, so I couldn't. But no, I've kind of just missed out uh, uh, on that franchise. I kind of thought that it was, you know, I just figured that it blew until everybody was saying it was great. Then I never hopped in. But uh, Harrison Ford is easily the best Jack Ryan of all the Jack Ryans that have ever been Jack Ryan. <laughs> Harrison Ford. I mean, what uh, what's that not true about Harrison Ford's uh, roles? When is Harrison Ford not the best? But, but I, mean, clear I, I guess Fugitive. There's a new Fugitive show that's about to be out with uh, Ke- uh, Kiefer Sutherland as well, right? 
based on yeah, the uh, really Harrison good. Ford movie, or the Harrison Ford movie, I think, is even based on another movie. But correct. There's also kind of some of the series that you forget were movies, like uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer ran forever. That Joss Whedon, you know, who was like the director of the Avengers and the Justice League, that we talked about. But Joss Whedon's big hit was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, so that was off the Kirstie Swanson and uh, I'd say that that's probably like one that's potentially the most all-time successful of these and again for well, me because... I'm like way more familiar with the Christy Swanson movie having never watched like I hold the movie as like an 80s teen classic but I didn't watch like the gothy serious like actiony TV show version you know I but I remember when that uh, show came out I was a little pissed that, that it what's up there was nothing serious about that TV series. Oh, was, I thought it was a little bit more, you know, like uh, playing it, it on the vampires and not like the, huh? It was just like campily, like very campy. There was like hyena demons in some episodes, you know what I mean? It was very cheesy. But, but like, more like demon-based. Like the uh, first one was yeah, like yeah. T-Wolf, Teen Wolf, you know what I mean? It was like sure. really For fun sure. oriented. Paul Rufman's baby. <laughs> <laughs> But I guess um, the other big one from that category would be MASH is another one that was, like, actually a movie. Great point, dude. The TV series. I think that, honestly, would be the most successful uh, series. Yeah, yeah, for sure, I guess, actually. From a movie because, I mean, growing up, I've seen a million episodes of MASH just because uh, my mom was a huge MASH fan. So, if, like, you were ever, like, flipping around the channels and it was before, you know, streaming services yeah, yeah, of or like even what was on every we mash just, popped up your mom was watching stop the clicking because we're watching this goddamn boring episode <laughs> oh i love this episode oh jesus christ mom what are you uh, <laughs> you know mash was one of those like always on like after mets games on the wb or whatever but i never fucking watched yeah, yeah. an episode in my life so like I, i've you know uh, uh i've never like i'm sure i've seen an episode or two but i've got no real relationship to the show that's probably why i felt buffy was the uh, was the go-to yeah. but i mean mash definitely more popular but uh, uh and i kind of only know that as like a pop culture trivia thing because they don't really Mash's uh, whole thing is it lasted longer than the actual Korean War. Yes, exactly because it was one of the uh, longest running shows. Another kind of one like that as well, but the uh, like the famous uh, show Alice with Flo, the di- you know the waitress from you know yes, Dumb and Dumber yes. quotes and all that. But uh, uh, that was actually off of the Scorsese movie Alice Doesn't Live Here. Which is, uh, yeah, like, okay. you know, people wow. don't realize that because that's, like, a very obscure Scorsese movie. If, you you know, you, you said name 20 Scorsese movies, that probably what wouldn't a, come up. However, and the TV guy. show is, like, super famous, you know, and more iconic than the movie. But Of course. I would say also uh, Friday Night Lights was a huge TV show that lasted seasons and seasons, I think, on ABC or Yes, NBC. great call. That was the Billy Bob Thornton For sure. You know what my problem with uh, Friday Night Lights is? It's my same problem, at least the movie, it's my same problem with Rudy. It was just, that movie was like, Friday Night Lights was like about a football team in Texas who like, they were fucking losers. Like they got into the playoffs by like a coin flip. Literally they were like tied <laughs> with another team. They got in with a coin flip and then they lose the championship. It was like, oh, you know, that other team went yeah. uh, 
14 to know this season. What team? I don't know. The fucking team you should have made the movie about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. But their quarterback didn't want to quit and uh, get the uh, whipped cream bikini and all that. But and also, how is there not a varsity? There was that varsity blues, actually. That no, varsity been... blues. That's what I was about to say. How is there not a varsity blues TV show? Yeah. Much better movie that's the TV. Than, uh... That's the movie TV Dude, show you got to make. Fuck yeah. Varsity <laughs> blues ruled. <laughs> No, but that's another one, a prime example of one that I've seen the movie, however, didn't watch the series, yeah, but you're right, the series was huge, and definitely, like, ran for years, and always was, like, really, I was always shocked, I was like, seriously? Everybody's into a TV show based on that shitty Billy Bob Thornton movie from the fucking high school? Like, what are you guys talking about? Yeah, I guess it's because I didn't play football in high school, if there was a... Uh... A TV show about the nerdy kid in high school that loved comedy. Then I'm fucking, I'm watching that one. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess there was uh, uh, one of the other ones I was gonna throw at you for like an all timer. But how about Clueless? That was another series that was uh, actually had like uh, Donald Faison and uh, Stacey Dash were like, uh, you know, not Alicia Silverstone or fucking the uh, who's the hilarious pothead dude, but. The, uh, yeah, no Brittany Murphy, no Alicia Silverstone, and no uh, yeah guy who like does robot chicken with yeah uh, yeah. But uh, uh, Donald Faison and Stacey Dash, and that one ran a couple years anyway. That was a uh, yeah very nineties move. Very nineties, yeah. Of course, there was the uh, this guy. I got to bring it up because our boy Bradley Cooper is our spoiler alert. Had that shitty movie Limitless, where he took the smart drug. He was the, the dummy that more or less took Adderall and became smart. Uh, ABC, I think, tried to make a series based off that. Interesting. And Bradley Cooper was actually in like the first episode. Was like, "Hey, I'm the original dummy." <laughs> Good and, luck, uh, bro. It, it did not go well. Yeah, that's There's one of those where I hadn't way. seen the TV show or the movie, so uh, really out of luck on that one. A theme of making kind of uh, classic horror movies and TV shows. There was, of course, Hannibal. Based okay. Yep. Sounds uh, of the Lambs, which like ran a couple seasons before it got canceled. There was also Bates Motel. On all right. Amazon, yep. I think it was on the that Psycho like, spinoff with uh, Young Psycho before he killed his mom. <laughs> yeah, when he still liked his mom, and they ran a motel yeah. together and did creepy shit to other weirdo. people. He was weirdo before he was psycho. I guess kind of one like that, but there was as well a Terminator. There was the Chronicles of Sarah Connor Terminator yeah, series. That was show. I'm loath to admit, fucking rule, dude. Oh <laughs> yeah, dude. I remember enjoying it. Uh, I remember like, no, I didn't watch like the whole series or whatever, but I remember being like, fuck, like fuck Yang, several episodes. Dude, I uh, I think it came on after Heroes, if I'm not mistaken. And I like watched the first episode. I was like, "Let's watch this garbage." And then, like after it was like, "All right, fuck yeah, <laughs> And uh, had some cool concepts in it. Fucking Cersei, uh, the lady that played Cersei on Game of Thrones, was Sarah Connor. Man, there okay, was nice. also uh, a couple. Of I mean, as, as we've that... talked about before, but I'm a huge fan of the whole Terminator franchise, including being on the lookout for T3 with our boy Mans. But even the Bale Terminator, I thought, was fucking way better than everybody else on the planet. And then the last Terminator where Arnold came back was fucking amazing, so... Well, I think we both know the reason why the Bale Terminator was so good. (laughs) Well, fucking, you do your fucking job. I'll do my fucking job, With a set like that, uh, the chemistry (laughs) was... Yeah. There's also the the thing where they try to make these old 80s, 90s shows, movies into, like, sexy shows, like Teen Wolf, like you mentioned earlier, the Michael J. Fox uh, classic, hilarious show, movie... 
was a show on MTV for like three or four seasons, but it was like sexy Teen Wolf. <laughs> so was it a female Teen Wolf at least? Like, no, no, no. He's a sexy guy with that. Uh-oh. <laughs> and there was also... Uh, I mean, there was Teen Wolf 2 with Bateman. Did Bateman do the TV show or... <laughs> no, he was too busy doing the Arrested Development. <laughs> uh, there was also uh, Scream, the hilarious. Oh, that's like, right, yeah. From when we were in the '90s, that uh, they made into like a three-season show on MTV, where it was just yeah, you want to see eighteen-year-olds in their underwear watch Scream. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you want to watch any or... other slasher? Uh, want want to watch oh, twelve yeah. of them for an hour uh, for one season? I will say this one, though, is kind of a uh, a weird one, but I'm going to say Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Just because it was... Right. See where you're going with that. Marvel movies. Yeah. It wasn't, like, based off a movie, but it took place in the universe of the, the movie. The movie franchise, or the movie Correct. universe, anyway. Like, Coulson from the first uh, phase one of the MCU has his own TV series, and I'm going to kind of put it in there. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll count. It's no Uncle Buck with Mike Epps, which was my last, which is the one that I've been saving in my back pocket. But uh, it's good, not bad. But I did not There's watch the, that's another one of these, I'm really uh, did, uh, upset at myself for not having watched a lot of these horrible TV show spinoffs. But the Michael Epps, uh, uh, Uncle Buck, was like shortly after when there was like the Mike Epps Honeymooners and the well, Mike Epps Caddyshack and like the, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh the Uncle Buck sounded like the most promising of the list. There was, uh, I got two. I mean, one is an obvious one because Westworld, obviously. Okay, yes. The Brenner movie is like MTV or MTV, HBO's like big hit post uh, Game of Thrones, of course. Yeah. And then uh, one that's kind of really interesting that I don't know if you've ever seen it. I think IFC Channel had it and it ran like three seasons. I fell off of it, but Dusk Till Dawn. The TV oh, yeah, season, I do remember the Dusk Till Dawn TV show. That, um, you know, uh, the director of Just Till Dawn. Yeah, Robert like, Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez produced it and, like, directed it. But it's really crazy because I think the first season is, like, ten episodes. The first five episodes of the series is just the movie. Like, it starts off the same place as the movie does, and it literally goes all the way up to, like, where the movie ends for the first half of the season. Except you see what like little weird vampire characters are doing, and then after that, it does its own thing. But like the series literally starts off with like them in the gas station, like holding the girls like the back, <laughs> and wow. it goes all the way of like. Nah, I don't remember that that aspect, but that's hilarious. They give you just like a full on like uh, Game of Thrones mm-hmm. book to movie. They're just doing the TV show version of the movie, For sure. and Remake. then it kind of turns into its own thing. But it was a really interesting move that they did it like that. And, Interesting. One that I enjoyed. It was pretty much like after they kind of like went off of uh, uh, the movie, I was like, oh, this is dumb. Because they just kind of turned all of them into snakes. They weren't even vampires. They were like, we're all cobras. (laughs) 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 It sounds kind of awesome. However, it doesn't make any sense. And uh... yeah, once the Titty Twister episode was over, I was out of there. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But I guess that's all of our list. And like I said, we could have just done an animation block. But like Definitely least... not the uh, the plethora of great options as when you flip it around and you go, TV show turned yeah. into movie. You're getting a lot more blockbusters and heavy hitters. 
But yeah, like you said, I think that the uh, 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 this one really probably the best for the animated uh, crossovers, you know. But and then kind of yeah. obscure ones like Mash and Odd Couple was another one that we didn't mention. But like ones that you might not think of, and then hilarious animated ones. It's probably your best bet. I just want to do a deep dive on some of those Jim Carrey ones, man. They, uh, yeah, for real. Get the Dumb and Dumber cartoon DVDs. But of course we're missing some. And if we are, send us your favorite, uh, preferably cartoon, but uh, also movies that have been turned to TV series. So email us at thegeekdumbpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know on Facebook. Uh, tweet at us. You know, send us a tweet so we can uh, figure out how Add to Geek Pods. Give Add us a Geek follow. Pod, but, uh, of course, uh, that'll probably be it for this episode. Um, join us, like we said, August 20th, uh, Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for our Thirsty Thursday Trivia Contest. Um, yeah. Of course, with uh, Liam talking about all of his indie movies, he's making us watch an uh, indie flick was, uh, at the Tribeca Film Festival for this uh, Netflix chat coming up called... Yes. Uh, not only is it an indie, but it's also in Polish. <laughs> so Correct. I apologize, but it sounds pretty and badass. Called it's called The Hater, and the it's going to be uh, and it's going to be our next Netflix and chat Correct. episode. Spoiler alert! Uh, my review is in the title, <laughs> and that's uh, without me having watched it yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but with that, we hope to see you this Thursday. Uh, you know, just keep posted for all the other news we have for you. But other than that, I'm Devin Barnes. That's Liam Whalen. It's still quarantine, baby, so I know you're not working tomorrow. So go ahead and get geeked up. Hey! Ooh, baby. It's time to get geeked up. Woo! What's up, y'all? This is Mr. Woo Baby himself, Andre Davi. You're listening to the Geeked Up Podcast on SoundCloud. Yeah, I'm still taking those episode 10 emails, y'all. Woo! Music and gaming. Know what I'm saying? Comic books and tech, stuff you ain't up on.